Hey guys, just a quick content note. Um, this episode contains talk of physical and sexual child abuse. If that would make this a tough listen for you, go ahead and skip this one. Hi guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of By Pumpkin. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing an episode. Um... I've been like, this week, I've been kind of getting back in the swing of things because last week was Mother's Day and I spent the entire day to myself, which is a very much of a submersion type thing and you kind of have to like wade your way back into life. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing what one day can do. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of things. Um, I watched that Made for Love thing. I think that's on HBO Max, right? Probably. Uh, it's got that Kristen Milioti thing. I'm not saying her name right. I'm sure of that. Uh, you know, the one that was the mother and how I met your mother. Um, she also had a show with Jonah from Superstore, but I think it only went one season. It was like A to Z. And it was about these two people falling in love. Um, that uh, The made for love thing is fine. I just, there are some things I was like, okay, so this is strange. Like, if you are some quadrillionaire's wife for like 10 years living in a bubble and you get out, do you just go right back to the, to the, your old life? I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? You're a different person. You're used to like now being like pampered. 10 years is a long fucking time to go back to being like a street rat. I don't know. I think Ray Romano's good in it. Um, I've never, Ray Romano is very much, uh, you know, he's a Jerry Steinfeld in a way in that Steinfeld, Seinfeld, and that he's never played anybody that wasn't him. Even though, remember men of a certain age? Of course you don't, because who the fuck watches TNT except for Princess? But men of a certain age had him, a uh, black guy that's been in a lot of stuff, can't remember his name right now. The guy who played the dude on Quantum Leap, which you know I used to watch on a regular motherfucking basis. He was also uh, Mary Jo Shively's ex-husband on Designing Women. I don't know what his name is though. But they were all these guys of a certain age. They were like in their 50s or whatever. Anyway, I used to watch that shit on the regular. And even that was Ray playing Ray. If you watch Everyone Hates uh, Raymond, that's Ray playing Ray. You know, a lot of comedians are like this. So they're essentially playing themselves. A heightened version of themselves, obviously, because I'd like to believe Ray Ramon is not the same as Ray Barone. Cause who the fuck wants to be married to Ray Barone? Don't get me started on that fucking show. Don't get me started. My husband, if, <laughs> see the thing is, I enjoy sitcoms. I'm a sitcom person. Uh, I've been watching sitcoms since I was a small, small child. I mean, who has it? But I like grew up with no bedtime and cable in my room. And what I do is I watch Nick at Night and I watch like old fucking sitcoms. Your Patty Dukes, your Dobie Gillis, your, um, Dick Van Dykes, you know, and I just, I really fucking enjoy sitcoms. I like 30 minutes. I like in and out. Give me some jokes. Let's move on. Um, and 90s sitcoms are very soothing to me because that's how I grew up. You know, obviously if I'm sure if I grew up in the 70s, 70s sitcoms would be my thing. Uh, but so every now and then I will go back and watch Everyone Loves Raymond. I'll go watch A Grace Under Fire. 
Um, Reba's more of a 2000s, right? Reba wasn't in the 90s, but I'll go and watch Reba. Uh, I mean, that theme song. Who's got a theme song like Reba? That shit slaps. I, (laughs) but yeah, like, um, I love that shit. And watching Everyone Hates Raymond, uh, Everyone Loves Raymond, excuse me, is like one of those things that I can just like go back and go through it. And, and it's, and because of the way sitcoms work, especially sitcoms I've already seen, you can put them on and just let them fucking run and like do your fucking day and, and work in the background and shit. Because when you look up, Carrie and Doug will be doing the same shit they did three episodes ago. Okay. That's it. Leah Remini, the man, the guy, I, I don't know his fucking name, Doug, that they'll be doing the same shit. Nothing really changes until they get to the season finale. You know, and I love Arthur, the dad, you know, um, that's Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry Stiller. Um, So yeah, like, they're great to watch, but my husband hates when I put on either Everyone Loves Raymond or Reba. And the reason he hates it is because he does not understand why Deborah and Ray let Marie and Frank and like let them come in their house. Like he doesn't understand why they just don't lock the door. He, he, I was like, it's like a comedy trope. All right. It's a thing. It, it's a story engine in this, in this, like we, it's how they move stories forward. It's, it's like, it, it's a thing in this, like you can't take it too personally. And the reason he hates Reba is because he want he hates that, um, Barbara Jean you know, she stole Reba's husband. She didn't steal Reba's husband. She she and Reba she and Reba's husband started fucking, and Reba's husband left her. Okay, that's what fucking happened. We're not gonna put this all on fucking Barbara Jean with her dumb ass. But because Barbara Jean thinks Reba's her fa- her best friend, she's always barging the house and doing something. Reba doesn't want her there, and my husband hates it. He wants her to beat up Barbara Jean, lock the door, shoot her. He wants her to do all kinds of things. I'm like. It's a fucking comedy. They're going to have to do things you don't think of. Why am I talking about this? Oh, and um, Made for Love. Ray Ramon is, I've never seen him not play himself like most of these comics in this way. Uh, but I think he did a really great job. I mean, he definitely played a different version of himself, you know? And I liked it, you know? It was good. Uh, what else did I watch? I watch Hacks. And that was on HBO Max. I really like that too. I really like that. First of all, 30 minutes, sweet spot. Gene Smart, you can't, can't go wrong with Gene Smart. You know what? You guys have let Gene Smart down a lot, guys. Did you watch Samantha Who? Did you? You didn't watch Samantha Who, did you? Because if you did, it'd still be on the fucking air. Christina Applegate, Gene Smart, Melissa McCarthy. Fuck, I just forgot that last girl's name. These four women, y'all let them all down all down such a good fucking show such a little fucking good show but anyway Jean Smart's in it she's great she's living that rich white lady life I'm I was like do I need to make a fucking vision board I want this I want a sun hat I want teacups I want my house to look like a cheesecake factory as long as it also comes with 37 flavors of cheesecake yes give it to me she's in these white pants white pants are confidence pants okay you got to know where your life is going if you're going to wear some fucking white pants because white pants will turn on you in a heartbeat. You're going to get yourself dirty. Don't let your period start. Oh, my God. I was wearing white pants one time. I was working in an insurance company. And the insurance 
was the insurance agency. It was an independent insurance agency was connected to a car dealership. And the guys in the car dealership would always hit on me and always come and talk to me. And just some, just some real wild racist shit. Like, like trying to get, like, you need to, you need to, uh, come, come date an Italian guy. We, we take care of our women. unlike black, like real racist shit, but they were always hitting on me. Always, always, always. And one day I was working in the office. I was there for four hours and I had on white pants and I don't know why I just go to the bathroom and I look down and I've started my period all over these fucking pants. Like the back of the pants, like it's obvious I've started my period. There, there's blood all over my fucking pants, okay? These motherfuckers saw me and never said a fucking word. And yes, I understand it's an awkward thing to say, but like tell somebody, send an email from three, from, you know, across the fucking dealership. Hey girl, listen, I've been over there and uh, saw you and uh, maybe you should go check your pants. Something. Anyway, white pants are pants of confidence. I don't wear white pants anymore because I'm old and I don't need this. And, and I, I just, I can't risk it. You, you gotta know where your life is going if you're gonna put on a pair of white pants. Anything could happen to you. And Gene Smart's out here wearing white pants. Love it, love it. Um, I, I really like the show, I think it's interesting. I, I love two female leads. I love that, um, I love Gene Smart's character. I'm actually on her side for almost everything. <laughs> but you know what I hate? I hate HBO Max dropping two episodes and then try, and then going weekly with me. What kind of bullshit is that? In the year of our Lord 2021, why am I waiting for a fucking show weekly? This isn't who shot JR. This isn't going to be a national event. We're all going to watch it at different times. I want my show. Okay. And it's a perfect little show. It's 30 minutes. It's good. It's also, you know, sometimes when you're watching HBO shows, the, the, the plot will be good. And then all of a sudden someone's just having like a three-way blowjob. Or like somebody's balls are on the screen. And that's fine. I'm not like upset about that. But it limits when I can watch shit, right? Hacks. I mean, I'm sure we're going to hit some nudity soon. Hacks is something I can watch in my room while my kids are running around. And they, you know, if a four-year-old walks in a room, it's not going to be the worst thing that ever happened. I mean, obviously, if they see a pair of balls, it's not going to be the worst thing that happened. He has balls. It's fine. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't watch Oz. I'm not gonna watch rewatch Oz anyway. I don't think I could. I don't think I would survive it. I can't believe I watched Oz. I was a kid. I was Jesus Christ. I was probably like 13. I watched Oz week to week as a king one. I cannot believe I survived that. I don't. I don't know who let me watch it. Honestly, um, I didn't really have a lot of supervision growing up, <laughs> as I've said before. Like I, I didn't. They, my parents never like vetted media or books or shit like, and I don't know what librarian let me check out Rambling Rose when I was like fucking 10 years old. Do you guys know the story of Rambling Rose? It's, I, I was tweeting about this. It's a woman's, a young woman goes to work for a family, a Southern family and her rampant sexual sexuality, you know, like, like fucking Jenna on 30 Rock, her sexuality is, <laughs> is like a problem. And in this book, Rose, who is a grown woman, I believe, she might be like 19, 20 years old, but she's grown, is 
has a graphic sexual encounter with a 13-year-old boy in which he masturbates her. Who let me check that out of the library when I was 10 years old? And I just fucking read it. I used to read, I mean, I, romance novels are different, but I used to read a ton of romance novels and it's not really that big of a deal because, right, um, you know, everything's in, everything's in your window, everything, you know, with romance novels, you know how it is. But I would just, I would read like three romance novels a fucking day sometimes when I was a teenager. And the closest anybody ever came to like monitoring something I was doing is my dad walked past my room and he saw one of my books and it was like one of those bodice rippers. And he picked it up and goes, does this have pictures? I was like 12. He goes, does this have pictures? And I was like, no. He says, oh, okay. And gave it back to me. Yeah, as long as there were no pictures in it, he was fine with it. And I did. And this is, <laughs> this is partly how, like, I ended up seeing Freddy Krueger, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. I ended up seeing that, like, when I was really young. Like, I don't know if somebody was babysitting me or what, but I... Like that shit terrified me. I didn't sleep for weeks. Maybe got an hour of sleep a night. I could not fucking sleep. I did not close the bathroom when I went to the restroom anymore because Freddie was coming out of like bathtubs and toilets. I, for some reason, I, the, ba well, you know, it's because of the, of the bathtub scene. The bathroom is where I was most scared of Freddie. And I remember talking to my brother about it, who's like two years older than me. And I was like, listen, I can't sleep. I can't eat. I, I can't do this. And he was like, uh, Freddie only kills teenagers. And I was like, but I, but you don't understand. I, I said this shit straight face. I am so mature for my age. I just know so much. It's like I'm a teenager. And once Freddie finds that out, he's going to kill me. And this is like very on brand for me. One, thinking I'm very special. And two, inventing danger for myself you know and so, but yeah I was I was afraid of him for my I would never let my kids watch something like that never but I was younger than they are now like watching stuff like that I um gosh it was probably like five years of me being terrified of this fucking movie uh I somehow like got dragged into like a haunted house and maybe a year or two later and there it was on the base so and you know it, it was they do a lot of charity stuff like a unit will do a charity thing so it's obviously somebody's dad right <laughs> dressed up as freddie and i saw him started screaming and never stopped like hysterical and not in a hyperbole way i was hysterical to the point where he stopped doing the, I'm going to get you. And was like, hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. Listen, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not real. I'm fake. You, you, you can leave right through this little door. He's like directing me out of the haunted house to like an emergency door. I have a memory of a man dressed as Freddy saying, I'm not real. I'm not real. Calm down. You can't scream like this. It's okay. Go out there and find your mom. Why am I talking about that? Oh, I'm talking about like uh, inappropriate stuff. So like, I don't, I don't let my kids watch it like that. I can't, but 
I can't imagine my kid being like 13 watching Oz every week, but my parents didn't give a fuck. They were just like, whatever happens. I had HBO in my room. I would watch real sex. I had no bedtime. I never had a bedtime. As long as I was quiet in my room, they didn't give a fuck what I was doing. And honestly, a good way to get sent to bed is to talk to my mom after sundown. Like I would be going, oh shit, it's about the sun's going down. Let me get a drink. Let me ask all my fucking questions and shit. Because if the sun was down and you let her know that you were still a thing, like you still existed, she would send you to bed. So if you went in your room and watched Dobie Gillis for four fucking hours, she never, as long as she got up in the morning, she didn't give a fuck what you did. As long as when she opened that door in the morning and told you to get up, you got out of that damn bed, there was no problem. So I'd be up at like, like, you know, when I was 11, 12 years old, I'd be up all night watching real sex, uh, thinking that's how people had sex. Like that, that, that was like a, like, I just thought body painting would be more of a part of my sex life than it ever has been. <laughs> I really did. Cause I was like, okay, nude ranch. That's a thing. Sure. That's, that's gonna be a part of my life. I had no fucking clue. I just didn't. I, the stuff I was watching, but you know what well, the nice thing about the fact that I'm, I was watching real sex at that time and not like addicted to internet porn is I was watching real people, right? Cause the people in real sex were just like, you know, somebody's uncle Tommy who, who lives in a nudist colony, you know, he looks just like he, he's not a porn actor. He's not, I mean, they did have people who were, um, who were, I'm not gonna say sex worker who were porn workers and, uh, you know, bodies look the way porn workers do. But for the most part, it'd just be like some old lady with a big bush painting shit naked. <laughs> so I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Like, but yeah, I, I was just like, you know, I'm enjoying, I, I like shit like hacks where I can watch it. And in my room with the, with the door open while I'm doing shit in there. And I don't have to be like, oh my God, is somebody going to walk in? while they're doing a gangbang like is that <laughs> you know so yeah uh and i watched something else today oh i watched girls five ever i don't know if i like it i think i like it i know i like the song what was that show um together that mtv it was kind of like a spoof on boy bands it was a, a scripted show i like that i don't know why i wouldn't like girls five ever Something, I don't know. Is something not quite clicking for me? I'm gonna watch another episode and see how I feel about it. First of all, that's not what I thought Sarah Bareilles looked like. I don't know why. When I saw her name, I was like, that's Sarah Bareilles? Hmm. That is, is she She looked very familiar. I was like, shit, I've been watching on TV for a while. I didn't know who that was. Um, she Canadian. She gives me Canadian vibes. Uh, I So I like the fake songs in it. I was upset that I thought I was about, I was seeing Dolly Parton on screen and it trying to be fucking Tina Fey. <laughs> I was upset about that. <laughs> but I think I, I think I like it. it. So, right. If I'm saying I think I like it, I probably don't like it. I don't know. I, I maybe it's just watchable, but it's not going to be like my favorite thing. I'm not sure. Um, I just, that song is stupid. I really like that. And just like, a ton of pop music. Like the more you hear it, the more you're like, Oh, this is fine. I, this is, a, is this good? <laughs> I think I watched two or three episodes today, but really not paying attention to them. 
And I think by the time I watched the last episode, I was like, wait, is that theme song good? <laughs> it's, it's in my head now. Busy Phillips is in it. I don't know how I feel about Busy Phillips. I, um... Busy Phillips seems messy to me. <laughs> and not in a, like a good mess, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know how Sheree was walking. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That, not that not that type of messy. Like, she just seems like if you knew her in real life, she, you would have to work hard not to let her messiness affect you. You know what I'm saying? And I don't have, like, a lot to go on with that. Like... If someone was like, defend that position, I was like, I, I probably can't. I know she, I think, I think I listened to her book. Um, I know she like had an emotional affair on her husband and uh, one, like one or both of her daughters have like uh, behavioral issues or something. I don't, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's just a vibe I get from her. Like, like her open purse falls out on the floor of a public restroom. You know, all her shit is, is in the urine on a, on a public restroom. And she seems like she'd be late places. And she also seems like every time you're like, hey girl, how are you doing? And you see her, she'd be like, oh, and she's named 50 things that are wrong with her. And you're like, okay, well, fine is also a perfectly valid answer. You don't have to like get into your childhood there, trauma shit with me. We're just at Starbucks, you know? But again, I know almost nothing about her. So <laughs> so that's just like a vibe I'm catching from her. Like if I knew her in real life, I'd keep her a little further away from me. Because I'd be like, nope, I don't want all that. I mean, she's fine, but I don't want all that to get on me. All right, all right, all right. All right. Listen, um, I want to make sure that I tell you guys where we donated this month. I did get your Patreon dollars. I do appreciate you guys supporting me. I do appreciate you guys making sure that I have the time and that I make the space in my life to do this podcast every day, every week, actually twice a week. Um, I was thinking like, I was like talking about the podcast and someone was like, so how long are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it for the rest of my life, obviously. (laughs) Like that's. Like, imagine 10 years from now, I'm still doing this podcast. That would be like, but I enjoy it. And I want to do it as long as I enjoy it. And part of the reason I enjoy it is because people support me on Patreon. So thank you. And so as always, I send a little of your dollar somewhere else. And this year, this month I did, I sent it to Echo, which is a, um, it's a, it's an organization that works with the homeless here in Austin. Um, Recently, we had our special election here in Austin, and one of the things on the ballot was, so Austin, for some time, has had, um, like, decriminalized camping on public spaces. And while most people be like, why the fuck would I want to camp in a public space, for homeless people or unhoused people, which I, I think is a better term at this point, unhoused people, they... Um, it means that they can set up tents in the spaces that they're staying as opposed to um, having to have like temporary shelter. I mean, a tent's a temporary shelter. But, you know, it, it that was very 
controversial. A lot of people hated it because what it made is that certain areas, depending on where you are, it made it really obvious that there were a lot of unhoused people living there. And it was ugly. Yeah, I'll agree. It was ugly. It's ugly in some places seeing like all the, as seeing that. Um, we were driving somewhere and a guy was shitting on the side of the road. My kid saw it. And I was just like, yeah, guys, that's where they do it. That's, they don't have a place to go. It's, <laughs> and a lot of places don't let you use the restroom. And, and then like, you know, so a lot of retailers and stuff were really upset about it. Um, I, people didn't want to see it. That's what it was. And so we had a initiative on the ballot to make it illegal again. And I voted against it. And the reason I did was because they did not provide a solution. Like they didn't, they didn't say, okay, so we're going to start this program to get people housing and we're going to, you know, we're going to, but then we're also going to make it illegal to do this now. And, and this way, when, when people are, when they're saying to them, you can't stay here and it's going to be police, obviously going to say, you can't stay here anymore. This is what you have to do. You need to go to this place and like something, right? That's why I voted against it because it really just criminalized it. And uh, it passed. I, I honestly think, you know, there's a lot of people justifying like I'm not a bad person just because I don't think people should be doing like right here in front of City Hall. There should be, yeah, I, I understand. I'm not calling you a bad person. I'm saying this is a bad initiative, but it passed. And I'm not sure when it went into effect, whether it went in immediately or it's supposed to go in at a certain date. But I'm just really disappointed because nothing changed. And what Austin does and what a lot of big cities do are uh, that have the same unhoused problem is they push people, right? So they, um, they come and they say, you can't be here. And the people you know, they gather their things and as best they can before, before somebody comes in and, and disposes of it and they move on to a new place. Right. And then maybe a week later, the cops come and say, you can't be here. And so what happens is that you just push the people around the city for the most part. It doesn't like, like not seeing those unhoused people camped out near the Tesla a dealership doesn't mean those unhoused people went away. It just means that they're moving places you can't see them. I don't know. I'm really disappointed in the city. But I wanted to, this month, I wanted to donate to some place that is helping with that. Um, we donate to, we, we made a specific donation to Diversion Services. And they got a little, their website is austinecho.org. If you want to know more about them, if you have a couple extra bucks this month, you want to send their way. And let me just read this part where they explain what diversion funds are. Diversion services identify and implement the least intensive intervention to help an individual or family achieve housing stability. Targeting individuals who have recently entered into homelessness, diversion services utilize flexible funding to quickly connect people to immediately to immediate housing solutions. Sometimes all that is needed to end a person's homelessness is a one-time financial assistance to cover an apartment application fee or to help pay for transportation to stay with friends and family. So this is like, you can make a general donation to the 
to the organization and they'll use it as fit. But diversion funds are for quick, flexible action right now. Like some of the things they do is they provide gas cards, bus voucher, bus passes, taxi voucher, temporary hotel stays, grocery gift cards, criminal background checks. Sometimes you have to pay, like especially these low income housing, sometimes you have to pay a fee to do a criminal background check before they let you stay there. So you might even have like, they, you might even have like, be able to get into the place. You might even be able to get like, um, some sort of program to pay for certain things, but you still have to pay for your background check. Um, as someone who has experienced being unhoused, um, as a child, I will tell you this, that like, it really is a very small thing for a lot of people. It is a small thing that's, that slips and puts you here. And if somebody could provide you with, like if someone, there there have been times when 500 bucks would have changed my life. You know what I'm saying? And this is the type of, this is the type of fund that does things like that. So it's called austinecho.org. If you want to donate, if you want to learn more about it, go to the website. Thank you for being Patreon supporters. Thank you for listening to this podcast, even if you aren't a Patreon supporter. And you know, you, you helped me be able to do this and I appreciate it. There's one more thing I want to talk about before we get into the episode. And that is, I need reviews, guys. I look at my downloads. I look at my listens. I look at my Patreon numbers. And I don't have as many reviews as I should. Now, I don't look at reviews because they're none of my business. But I really need you guys to leave me a review in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this. Leave me a review because it helps other people find this podcast. And if you help other people find this podcast, um, maybe they'll try it out. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. But <laughs> but if we can get more people that are like us, that enjoy this, that are picking up what I'm putting down, I mean, the better off we'll be. Like I said, I don't really run this podcast as well as I should. I should be better about social media. I should be guest hosting or guest, yeah, guest hosting podcast. I should be doing things. But and maybe I will get better, maybe I will, I don't know. But one thing you can do to help me get better is to leave me a review, a five-star review, please. Uh, that's a great way to support me. If you cannot um, join the Patreon at patreon.com backslash pumpkin. Another way to support me is to follow me on Twitter. I'm at okaythenprincess. On Instagram, I'm at okaythenprincess. I'm also at bypumpkinpodcast. Um, yeah, those are all ways you can support if you can, I appreciate it. Now, so this week we're continuing the Asante uh, saga and I have Rachel Gabrielle, host of How About No Pod and If You Have to Ask. And I'm always thrilled to have her on because as an actual mental health professional, she has great insights about things. And you know, I just, it, this is nothing but opinions and vibes, okay? I just get on here and just be saying shit. Last week, or on the on the uh, bonus episode, I believe I said the star of Silk Stockings, Mitzi Capture, was married to Tom Cruise. That is absolutely not true. That is absolutely not true. But I just be saying shit. And so thank God I have guests on here who know better than I do. And I really enjoyed it. We talked for about two hours. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you guys go find her, her podcast, and go take a listen. Okay. And so without further ado, let's get into it.
Hey, Rachel. Hi, how are you? Doing very well. Thank you for joining me tonight. I was really, I'm really appreciative of it. It is my, my highest honor. I am, I am privileged. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too. I feel like we're going to be talking for a long time. I feel like my life's work is just going to be summed up in this this (laughs) podcast episode. Which like brings me to the first thing I want to ask you because I'm not a Stephen Asante head, okay? Mm-hmm. I I do like my 600 pound life, and but I feel like you know a lot about Stephen. What is your relationship to Stephen? <laughs> my relationship to Stephen John Asante. Hmm. <laughs> uh, let me think back. You know, it's funny because in rewatching these episodes. I was like, wow, I haven't seen this in a while. And it really brought me back (laughs) to a place where, gosh, I think that, I think that this man is just so shocking um, that when these episodes first aired, maybe, I don't know when they aired, 2015, 2017, something like that. Yeah, it's fine. People were just beside themselves because, you know, my 600 pound life, it's a show. It does a thing. It's very formulaic. And then you put this guy in there and it, it just, I think through everybody was like, you know, this is beyond a normal 600 pound life episode. Oh yeah. This, like, this is normally shows are pretty boring to be honest. Like, because they're either going to lose weight or not. And as you get to the later episodes, they, you, you can tell when they're choosing people to make a good show and not because they'd be good in the program. But I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. I know. And so I think what happened, actually, somebody jogged my memory about this because I have a tendency, you know, there's that saying about having a memory like a goldfish. That's kind of <laughs> me. Like, I don't, if I'm not utilizing the information, um, it's just not, it's not there. And so um, someone jogged my memory and said that back in the old, am I allowed to say the EVP group? Yeah, or is that going to be bleeped? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't care. <laughs> okay. So I guess back then I used to um, try to do like live chats with people um, in that group when my 600 pound life came on. Mm-hmm. And I think that what must've happened is like, I gained, I, it's, people started kind of knowing me because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would start like a live chat during an episode. And I think when the SJA episodes aired, um, that was probably just filled with a lot of really great <laughs> commentary and conversation. And, uh, um, and we're still talking about it years later. So yeah. I think he's that the most is, famous one on the show, right? There's nobody, be. There's nobody be. else more famous than him. I don't know anyone's first, middle, and last name other than Stephen John. I know. And the fact that you said John, I'm like, oh, his dad was calling him John towards the end. That, and I was thinking about that. I was like, is that his middle name? And look, yeah. you know his middle name. Did you ever yeah. see him on like the internet? Where, those videos he were making? I'm assuming they were on YouTube. Are you, yeah, he has a YouTube where he is, you know, he does his kind of like shock videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch him. I think my husband watched one the other day because after I was re- watching it and my husband came in the room and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, he was looking up like, what is this guy up to now? And, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
And, and, but I can't, like, I just can't because the thing is this story, like he is so sad and I yes. know we'll get into the psychology of him and everything, but he is extremely sad. I can't, I can't watch the YouTube. No. He's like a wild animal yeah. in a lot of ways. And that, you know, the reason they tell you not to try to pet raccoons and shit is because they, like, they may seem okay, but they'll flip on you on a fucking dime. Yes. <laughs> and he is just like that. And when you told me that he's basically a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and I was like, yes, <laughs> he is. All he eats is pizza. You don't know if he's going to hit you with some nunchucks or if he's going to, like, offer you a slice. You have no fucking... And I'm sure that's because of the drugs. I'm sure. But... Well, not just the drugs, but I think, you know, it, I, I really do think he's what we call in the biz access to do you know what that means no <laughs> what does that mean access to means personality disordered ah. um, it's it's kind of it's an outdated term because we don't diagnose on axes anymore we used to so mm-hmm. it used to be like Axis one would be a mood disorder like depression or bipolar. Axis two would be a personality disorder like borderline or uh, codependent or narcissistic or something like that. Um, and I do think Steven exists on a borderline personality. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah. And so. Which would explain <laughs> the videos, like how he, like, like what he gets from having those shock videos on the internet. Yeah. Well, you know what you were just saying about like, you don't know if he's going to like hug you or throw feces at you. Kind yeah. of thing. You know, it's like, so people who um, experience borderline personality disorder are very, uh, have a very unstable mood and what triggers their behavior. There's a book about borderline called something about like learning to walk on eggshells around someone. Oh and that's, yeah. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. What it is. Right. And, um, and they, they, you know, they idealize you and then they, you know, take you down and you're the worst person on the face of the earth. So you have no idea where you stand and what triggers it is a sense usually of a perceived abandonment. So as we go through the episode, you will notice, or I'll point out that anytime there's a threat of somebody leaving him, mm. it get everything gets much, much worse. And so of course, yes, the addiction aspect um, really doubles down on all of that. Um, and so he's a really interesting case where it's hard to diagnose him psychologically because you really have to get the addiction piece handled first um, yeah. and kind of see where his baseline is. But he has so much abandonment shit and... Um, you can tell that really is a trigger for him. So right, and then when the like the princess stuff happened, I was like, oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll get to it, but the way he was just like, she's like, I'm gonna go get your laundry, and he's like, okay. I was like, oh, that's interesting that you just can like flip on it like that. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so I mean. This is so. This is the second part, and the first part we saw Stephen. Uh, we met him. We saw him meet Doctor Now. I honestly think that he was met. I think production reached out to him, which is because uh-huh. obvious because he's on the fucking news for ordering pizza and getting kicked out. So I think that's that makes what, sense, yeah. right? 
That makes makes sense because he doesn't really seem like he has any interest in losing weight. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Most of the time on these shows, they say, you know, this is what gaining, having this weight has done to my life and the things I am losing out because of it. They make a point to do it, but Steven never tells us that. No, he does not. And as soon as he meets Dr. Now, I thought it was really funny. This speaks to Dr. Now, I guess right away dr now knows he's an addict like right away he's just like nope not giving you anything like you're asking for pain pills immediately and i'm not gonna do it um yeah i I, so like when we and this episode the first what happens first is he's on the way to rehab mm -hmm. um and his hair is back because remember he he yanked it all out um yes yes yeah and, and I, it's strand by, he's like, not in clumps, strand by strand. I was like, that's even worse. That's like, if, if a bunch of hair fell out, you ripped a bunch of hair out doing something. I, but strand by strand implies that like you sat there just pulling this well, out. Yeah. So that's called trichotillomania. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can speak to it if you want. You um, have it? Well, no, I can speak about it. Oh, okay. Um, I can I like, speak of new information. No, like <laughs> as a as a health a mental health care professional, I can speak to what that is and like right. why he's doing that, um, or my understanding of why he's doing that. But um, it 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 speaks, I think, also to just like how like the lack of stimulation he has when your quality of life is what his life is. Yeah. You know, okay, um, and he's always doing it when he's alone too. Of course, yeah, because you know, some people who are pulling out their hair, they kind of are lost in a daze and they don't really know they're doing it until they see a big clump of hair on the ground. Some people eat their hair, right? They cl- they like to bite that little bulb at the end. Yep. Um, and some people, you know, it's another form of like some people pick their skin. That seems like more acceptable. I think for a lot of people, it's like, okay, I kind of understand that one, but hair pulling is like really, um, a big mystery to a lot of people, but there is, it hurts. That's what I assume. Uh, it, there's some pleasure in it for some, like there's a satisfaction in the way that it feels. And, um, this also really speaks to his psychology and I'm glad we're getting to this, but there were there was a experiment done in the 1950s i think by this guy named harry harlow and you can find this on youtube it's a really um valuable attachment uh, experiment where he put baby monkeys in a cage and some of the baby monkeys had a uh like a like a hand towel like a washcloth wrapped around something so they called that the cloth mother right and some of the baby monkeys had what they called a wire mother which was just like pieces of wire dangling now the wire mothers fed the babies the cloth mothers did not but what they found over time is how important human touch is for your development and your psychology and your well-being and your emotional health. Mm-hmm. And so the baby monkeys who had the cloth mother went and they could snuggle up and get comfort from the cloth mother, but the other babies could not. And guess what they were doing? They were pulling out their hair, picking at their skin, screaming, dysregulated, couldn't get a hold of themselves. Mm. And that was a very poignant experiment in how we understand the importance of 
touch mothering, not gendered mothering, but just caregiving mothering. And I think you probably know this, but there's people that are volunteers that go to the hospital just to hold babies. Yeah. 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 So, So something happened with Steven and we know his mom wasn't there, but something about that really, really fucked with him. Yeah. And like when you're talking about his mother and the hell she was an alcoholic and she was always out, she left them alone and just like leave food there. And then Steven would eat it all and Justin would have nothing and all mm-hmm. that. And she had all these men in and out that would like beat them and things. I, I, when I talked about this, I also wanted to bring up that like, I want to know where Steven, Steven senior was because I know like, because he feels he feels so much guilt because yeah. he's putting up with so much with so with, much yeah he's it's too, too much too you know much. <laughs> like yeah. like anything all the rest of us would just be like I'm blocking him and I am never if I answer a phone it's him I'm hanging up because I can't like, do this anymore I know like I don't care you know like it's it's like a, he needs to go on an episode of intervention where the you know Candy yeah. Finnegan says you're loving your child to death. Like, yeah. stop. Get a I, grip, man. And then also he and Steven like were fighting. And I, and I mentioned this, that like, listen, Steven senior, the fact that he's not hitting them right now, I feel like is a win because I, he absolutely looks like he hits children. He absolutely <laughs> looks like if you're like 14 and you say something he doesn't like, he like pops you in the mouth, you know, like, you know, what makes it funny though, is the fact that <laughs> there's all this really sad terrible shit in this family and but then they have like family guy accents yes and steven singer i think i believe those are dentures i don't think those are his teeth because those big old teeth and he's got these family guy accents (laughs) and then sometimes steven talks like like a throwback like he he'll just be like listen broad and i'm like what is that Where'd you get that from, Steven? Well, also, did you notice that <laughs> he will change his tone of voice when he talks to someone who's black? Yes, and also yes. that he changes, he speaks to men differently than women. Totally. Completely. Yes. Okay, that- now I have a really weird, it's not weird, but I have, I wanted I wanted to know your opinion. Okay. What do you think the chances are that Steven sexually abused Justin? Um... I, I think there are good chances. I think, like, I I just assume he was physically abusing him. Yeah. But some other stuff has happened. And because Justin, and by the way, I think, I'll, I'll point out when we get there, I think Justin and Steven are two sides of the same coin, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think Justin is just not as aggressive. And so it's he's more likely to, like, to, to take, I, I mean, think about it. They've been through all the same trauma. Yeah. And but they've people been through it together. Different- levels of resilience yeah, i mean I, not that justin's terribly resilient but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, right? he kind of, but he kind of he knows there's something really wrong with steven <laughs> yes he knows something's wrong with steven he knows something's wrong with that situation but when he was calling his dad and his dad was with steven and he was yelling that his store was closed for a week i was like <laughs> you sound like steven asking for pizza that's what you sound like but yeah i think i agree that that makes a lot of sense that something like that would happen. And it might not have even been ongoing. There is an incident yeah. between the well, two of them. Yeah. Justin said at one point in the first episode, Stephen would abuse me mentally and physically until I gave him what he wanted. 
I always thought, I thought that was food. Okay. Maybe it is. But for me, I was like, yeah, I don't know. It seems like whatever was going on between the two of them, it was like Justin was deeply tormented. Justin may have been less affected by the mom stuff and more affected by whatever Steven was doing. And they're about like five years difference because when Steven was 17, he weighed 312 pounds. And mm-hmm. like these numbers, they throw up every, I'm all, I'm always like, oh my God. Like when they're talking about being five years old, weighing 150 pounds, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that is, that is a, I was explaining, like, I have to go to a well check every year for these kids yeah. and they weigh you, they, they look at everything and then they show you a little piece of paper with the BMI on it, which oh God. obviously, and yeah. I usually like, especially with like bunny, cause she's a girl, I will not let her see it good because i'm just like they just have to put that that's like a thing they put on there that's not and you know she's all up in everybody's business anyway so she's all like what did they say about me i'm like nothing (laughs) (laughs) because i don't want her to see that shit and start thinking about that but absolutely if i walked in there and my four-year-old is big i always say he is like working undercover at the preschool and (laughs) that he looks like he's on fucking 21 jump street he is so he he looks like grown fucking man and he weighs 46 pounds and he's oh four God. and he is huge for his age and so like if someone says they have a 150 pound five-year-old i just don't think people understand what that looks like what well, they is- do if they saw those old maury episodes where <gasps> oh they had God, those yes. chubby kids yes and they'd be like they'd have like some footage of this child like breaking into a refrigerator yes <laughs> right and they like, and I felt like they set that up behind the scenes so they could get the footage. Cause where did you get the footage from? And so <laughs> and like, that was like a reenactment that they made this child do. And they just like have tons of footage of that child eating and like screaming for food. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's such a big deal. But anyway, um, when Steven was 17, he was 315 pounds or 312 pounds. And Justin was 12 and 300 mm. pounds. Okay. Yeah. Like they are there's a lot between the two but yeah that may, i would not be at all surprised if justin i mean i wouldn't be surprised if justin never said shit to us ever again but also that if he came out and was like yeah i you know he sexually abused me he did things to me and i also well, wouldn't be surprised if he told steven senior and steven senior absolutely seems like the type of person to be like well don't talk about that anymore okay just yeah yeah he was a yeah. joking. Don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. And- well, also like Justin kind of in comparison to Steven seems like the pinnacle of health because it's like Justin can wear clothes. Justin right. can like put shoes. You know, Steven is never wearing shoes. Yes. I, I noticed that. I It's one of those things that like really gets to me in these episodes when they don't like the one that had TJ in it and I didn't realize he wasn't wearing shoes until he got to the hotel. And I was like, oh, he doesn't own shoes or own yeah. shoes that fit him because nobody goes on a nine hour drive and just doesn't put on some fucking shoes. Right. So yeah, like he does, Steven doesn't own shoes. No. And imagine that's such a small like thing that we all do and have, whether they're expensive shoes or not, or how many pairs people tend to own at least one pair of shoes and they wear them. And Steven doesn't even have that in his life. No. And that speaks to that, you know, piece about the quality, his quality of life, but he doesn't seem that concerned with it. And that is just the weirdest thing to me that the man can't even wear shoes and he's not concerned. You know, he just, he sits with a blanket over him or a towel over him. Yeah. And he's just not concerned about it. 
I think he zones out a lot. Like, okay, so when he's going to the, when he's like going to rehab and they're all talking to him about it, right? Yeah. Like, not, I guess they're staff members, directors. I don't know. They're all sitting there, like, explaining what he needs to do. And they're like, you need to get medically detoxed, right? Mm-hmm. And so they tell him there's a hospital willing to take him. And the first thing I'm thinking is, like, do they know about him? Because. <laughs> Did you get, is this informed consent on the, the hospital's part that they know what is coming? Because maybe they wouldn't take him and I'm assuming comp the stay if, if they knew he was like a problem. Right. Right. So, but the first thing he wants to know is, can I bring an iPhone, an iPad? I need to contact my people. Right. What people? He doesn't want to be bored. He says. Yeah. And so if you notice, he always has that tablet and I think he zones into that tablet and does not like an ADHD kid. Okay. And I have a bunch of them. So I'm telling, I know of what I speak of that they can get like a tablet of some sort or a video, something like that and lose and nothing else matters. Yeah. You think he gets that into candy crush saga or whatever. Absolutely. And I, and he's, I, again, I never knew of Steven before this episode. I never saw any videos. So I was like, oh, is he like a YouTuber? Is that why he's like, I don't know, uh, taking video of himself arriving at rehab and taking Mm -hmm. a selfie? Like what, does he have a ton of followers on YouTube? But yeah, I'm not sure. He, I mean, he has a YouTube. The last time I looked at it, he didn't have like, he's not like an influencer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't have like millions of followers. He had, you know, a couple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's not like getting paid to do this stuff and that's why he do it. He's, he's getting something else from it. Well, yeah. I don't know if you've seen on TLC has a show called thousand pound sisters. No, but I, um, I've like we, seen of they it. Are, I just never watched it. Yeah. They are delightful. Uh, they are delightful women. Um, they have YouTube channel too. And that's, I think how TLC found them and mm. they make some money from it. You know, I don't think they're terribly huge or anything, but they make some money from it. And it's just like how they feel less alone in the world. I think. I can imagine that. I'm, I'm sure also like depending the comments can either be wonderful or horrific. It really just depends, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So when they're talking to him about like going to rehab, they ask him if he has depression and he goes, no, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. And they, and they go, um, Steven, uh, someone who's uh, dealing with the things that you are and has the quality of life that you have uh, is depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, at one point you're eating six pizzas a day. Do you don't, you don't think that was, were you just hungry? Like, that is for the Ninja Turtle lifestyle. <laughs> like you don't understand. So, he, and, and, and also with his bad personality, he also juxtaposes that with a lot of stuffed animals. Have you, like when, on oh. that first episode when they went in his room, he had all these like carnival style stuffed animals in there. Dude. And then the, the new apartment he gets when, they, when his dad leaves him, there are like a bunch of minions there. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I you to- <laughs> are a demon, and now and you are surrounded by these little minions and and carnival style. I used to work. I, I used to work for this woman. She's a real estate agent, and um, I worked out of her house, out of her condo, and she was a fifty-five-year-old woman from New Jersey who had a bed covered in stuffed. Oh. <laughs> 
Don't you, doesn't wait, that I, make you feel worried? Okay, wait a second. And then I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. And one of the things on her bed was a pillow that said, the princess sleeps here. What? A 55-year-old woman from New Jersey. Um, yes, it terrified me. In fact, I was in therapy twice a week, I think, trying to deal with it. <laughs> Even now, like someone will give me something like a little bear or something, or they'll try to, you know, they'll attach it to a balloon to give you for like the get well or something. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'm a grown woman. I can't have a teddy bear on my bed. I have sex in there. I can't do this. <laughs> I just give it to one of my kids, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah. If you had a dog, you would, it would be a dog toy. I guess. I just, I, I, but this is one of the scariest things about sleep. Well, first of all, as we all know, I am terrified of people that don't, that you don't know what to expect from them. They give me lots of anxiety. Uh, this is why I'm scared of 50 Cent. This is why mm. I'm scared of a lot of different types of people. And I mm-hmm. think that in real life, Stephen would uh, trigger me to a point where I would need to like, like, you know, I have, I have relatives who have similar diagnoses and I don't see them. And yeah. I don't, because I'm like, I can't, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to hug me or stab me. And right. I can't be in there like that because as someone who is very heightened self-awareness, like I'm very like careful about my surroundings. I'm always knowing everything. I'm hyper aware. If you move a pencil on my desk, I'm like, who was here? Who was doing yep. this? The, as someone like that, like she, she like, makes it everything rough and I'm like so anxious around her because I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen so yeah. Steven I couldn't be around him I he actually scares me the most when he's talking nicely to people for sure right for you sure. know he has it in him yes yeah yeah so and I think you know when he first gets in front of these medical professionals he wants he wants them to like him like he he's so manipulative you yes. know he wants something from them um, and yeah, it, it, but th- these guys, I think can see through it. I also uh, think someone told them too. like, they didn't just get, they didn't just like get him. I think production, I mean, listen, they're filming in there. Like they, yeah. they've had whole conversations with these people. Um, do you also agree that like, so they were saying that his weight is secondary to his addiction. Mm. Do you also agree with that? Like, do you think it's addiction first, then the weight? I think that's an interesting question and conundrum. Right. Uh, whew. Um, not sure if I have an answer to that question. Um, I do think that I do think that if he could get some of his mental health figured out, mm-hmm. um, the weight might not. I I don't want to say solve itself or anything like that, but I think he's going to have a better chance right. at losing weight if he is able to get to the bottom of some of his psychological issues, which include addiction. Now, the problem with that is he doesn't have that much time, you know, to like, yeah. he's, he's on his way to the grave here and getting to the bottom of your psychological issues takes uh, a long time, you know? Yeah. It's like a continuous thing. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you have to take breaks from things and restart. It's not, it's not even like a linear thing either. It's like, right. But because he's also addicted to food and that's, you know, his 
an, an addiction in itself yeah. that um, needs to be treated, then yeah, maybe in some ways addiction treatment can help in a, in a more holistic way than just treating the opioids. But, um, but I don't know with him, that's really tough because like he needs to lose weight to survive. Yeah. And I also think that like his, per- like his behavior makes him not be able to stay in a hospital, but mm-hmm. he needs to stay in a hospital. Like yeah. he yeah. immediately loses weight when he's in the hospital when he's being monitored. Um, oh, and when they were talking about he's going to be on the psych floor, I was like, okay, so you're not going to have a phone in there. I don't think they're going to let you, I just don't think they're going to let you have your phone in there. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I just don't right. think that you're going to be able to do all that. And no. He- when I worked in, I worked in an eating disorder clinic and it was residential treatment and they were not allowed to have phones. No. I just think it would cause more problems than not. Like what if a patient was taking pictures of another patient and uploaded yeah. them? Like, I, yeah. just think, I, I just think it would cause more trouble. Yeah. So he ends up, he agrees to go and he calls his dad crying. Oh my God. Screaming. Yeah. And I was just like, Again, this is a man that you are always so angry with, but he's also like, I don't know, a comfort source to you too, because when he's crying and stuff, he, and he's like, I love you. And I'm like, oh goodness. Uh, Again, I don't know. These, I I feel like they hate each other. Um, And maybe, like, maybe they know, because, you know, sometimes, like, with the Sister Wives, I've been re-listening to Surviving Sister, well, I've been listening to Surviving Sister Wives, which is uh, reminding me of. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was like, you guys hate each other. You might not know <laughs> it, but you hate each other. Yeah. And, well, imagine all the kind of unconscious rage or whatever Stephen has towards his dad for not, like, yeah. being there, because where was he? You know, I don't know. Yeah, and they gets he gets him when he was fourteen, and so at fourteen, and then you go live with your dad. You've been you basically been running free by yourself, yeah. and he yeah. seems like the type to pop you in the mouth if you like say something he doesn't like. And so you guys are beefing and and fighting with each other. And actually, I mean, I don't want to use the word fighting with each other because one's an adult and one's a child. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's mm-hmm. physical altercations happening in this house until someone calls the police. And remember his dad got arrested. And like I was saying last week about them, about like when it comes to children and adults, for the most part, it's legal to hit your child unless you leave a mark on them. Yeah. Right. And so something, if his father got arrested, something happened. And a lot of cops don't take parents. They'll they'll go out there and tell the kid, well, listen, you gotta, you gotta do your homework then. If you don't want to get beat, you don't, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that the dad got arrested is a big fucking deal. And then they might have treated it more like a DV incident where someone. Because he's like like, 15. Yeah. And because it maybe it escalated to a certain degree where someone had to get arrested and it was either the dad or the kid. I don't know what it's like in other states here. If there's a DV incident, someone's getting taken away. Yeah. Isn't. Yeah. I think a lot of states have rules like that. Like if you call for DV, then somebody they must arrest someone which makes it hard because you know uh it it adds constraints to certain things but maybe they were out in the street like something happens it's more it's more than because the way his dad describes it's like you know he hit me i hit him you know like what and to get steven to drop those charges his dad bought him a pizza Mm -hmm. 
Oh my god, the pizza thing is just yeah. Can you imagine being? Can you imagine your kids holding you fucking hostage with pizza? No, not at all. I always tell my kids, you could tell the truth about me because I don't care. (laughs) Just tell the truth about me. And I actually told them I was like, because I was talking to them about you know they've all been through the foster care system. They've all been through all kinds of things, and I was trying to explain about like when you get picked up as a juvenile that a lot of times like I can't come get you. Like they won't let me right. even if I wanted to. Like I, I it it's up to someone else. And they were like very concerned about that. We were they weren't doing anything. We were talking about like running away. We we're just talking about different things like that you might get in trouble for. And I was just trying to explain like even if like because I'm I'm not someone who stays mad at my kids. So I was like even if like I I'm ready like to come get you, I can't. So I'm going to let them take you. There's nothing I can do about it. And like, I can't imagine them threatening me over anything. And also I do not negotiate with terrorists ever. Mm -hmm. I am such a spiteful person. Mm -hmm. I will burn this bitch down (laughs) to prove that you don't own me. So, (laughs) so like, don't, don't even get started with me with that. I would have, I would have done the jail time. I would have, I would have done the jail time. And then like, first of all, I would be hitting Steven, but either way, I would have done the jail time. And when I got home, I would have made Steven move out. That's what I would have done. And we would have yeah. never spoken again. Yeah. 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 Just, I mean, uh, something, something, yeah, is going on with the dad that, um, yeah, was there we don't really, we don't really learn throughout no, this. Not at all. And so, or anyway, he goes to the hospital. He's there for like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's on Suboxone. Mm-hmm. So that's helping, I guess. I don't know much about Suboxone. So people try to like, don't people get on that to get off of opioids? Yeah, it's like opioids. a synthetic something or other that mimics, you know, what the drug does. So like the, you can uh, come off of the drug in a more productive way. Right. <laughs> I can't think of Is it right like way. methadone? Like, yes, you know, it's like, yes, methadone? yes, mm. yes. So that's what he's getting and he's there and he's happy to be. So at first he seems happy to be there. So then Uh they cut back to Justin who's in Rhode Island. He's happy to be free from Steven. He says he's been away from that stress. It's all helpful. He's figuring out that he wants to own a hobby shop. Yes. And Steven senior is going to help him with it. Now, Rachel, I frequent hobby shops because my husband is Justin just not 600 pounds. Oh my like, God. He loves to play a game that when Justin was out there with that remote control car last week, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. That looks like my husband, all that, the models, the video games, my husband. So I go there all the time. I don't know how those places stay in business. I know. Right. It's, it's like, there's enough people painting model airplanes that right. they and do enough the, sales the margin on this. Like, I don't know. I was like, when he started setting up his shop, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Okay. So he just got a couple folding tables <laughs> and like got some merch from Amazon or something and yes. set it up. And that's how you do business in Rhode Island. Maybe. I don't know. That wouldn't work here where I, I live. Think, I don't think they but... work a lot of places. <laughs> I don't think so. And I just feel like Amazon's probably, this is one of the businesses Amazon's probably like decimated because I can't. I mean, I'm saying that. Meanwhile, I'm at the hobby shop once a month on a Sunday looking at model airplanes with my husband. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I just do not believe that this could ever make any money. 
Yeah, I don't know. I only know where there's one hobby shop and um, my husband made me go there one time and I rolled my eyes and stomped my feet and then we got in a fight about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're not going to this one. <laughs> well, this shop. I'm, like, I'm just like, you're a fucking dork. That's what you are. <laughs> my husband is such a dork. D&D. Yeah, that's him. Oh <laughs> that's absolutely him. Anime posters, which oh he wants God. to put on the walls of my living room. No. Like, oh, my husband, like, so our garage, what he did was he cut it in half, like, side to side, not lengthways, and uh-huh. made a room in there that is a, uh, he calls it his man cave. And people always ask me, Prince says, you don't have an office in that house. And I was like, yeah, I need to get a new house. But you don't have an office in that house. How, how come he gets a man cave? And I said, because he has the worst taste on earth. And mm. I just want to give him a room that he can paint black and yellow <laughs> and put up these ugly ass posters and display these Gundams, which are uh, little figurines samurai figurines okay not samurai but like uh almost like transformers it's weird and (laughs) have samurai posters and do all that stuff he needs a space to do that because he can't do that in my home Uh i'm not i'm not gonna allow that and so that's why and that's and all that stuff goes in there and listen i love video games i'm a bit of a weirdo some of the shit i'm I'm really into i'm scared to tell people about but (laughs) he is a class a fucking nerd and if he saw justin's shop he'd be like we gotta go in here like oh okay let's go in here my husband would do the same yeah for sure but um justin that shop is really distracting him because he doesn't have time to worry about his weight Mm -hmm. and he knows he's doing okay because he's not oh yeah i like he goes i don't have i mean i'm not really working on my diet right now because i don't really have time and it's like but what yeah like what time does it take you eat or you don't eat? Like, I don't. Okay. All right. Yeah. He just doesn't have time. (laughs) And he's just like, you know, really thinking about his life and he doesn't want to end up like Steven. And he's just not going to go back to doctor now because he's too busy eating ravioli and feeding it to a dog. So it probably is powerful to not want to be like Steven. Like, like the most impactful thing I ever saw in the eating disorder clinic was when we got like young girls in like 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. And at the same time we had an older woman in like a 50 year old that still was going through her, you know, anorexia phase. And that was terrifying to the younger girls. Right. Cause they, cause I guess if I were that age, I would be thinking to myself, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now, but it's not going to be like this. And so, or, you know, we, or even if you do think of your life, you're like, you don't think you're going to still have this eating disorder. And then you look and you're like, oh shit, this shit will will keep you forever. Like, yeah. And, and the, and they would be like, and that lady's really crazy. Like I'm kind of crazy, but it's Mm -hmm. like cute because I'm 19. But like, (laughs) you know, when they're 45, 50, it's like, that's scary crazy. And so it made an impact. And I can imagine having Steven as a brother. Yeah. But also remember, like, weight, like, fucks you up when you get older. Like, if you're, if you're one of those people that refuses to gain any weight, you start to look a lot older because you don't yes. have that. It's the fat around that, that. So I bet you they were looking at them going, what? She's 45. She looks 85. That's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And they're just like, oh, God, I got to get this thing here before I get For sure. 
And, you know, for Justin, he might be like, well, I can still wear shoes. So I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. And I'm walking and, and also like, remember everyone around them are comparing them. And Steven is the big thing in the room that's screaming Mm -hmm. and doing, and Justin, although he's very stubborn, he's not aggressive. Mm -mm. So it's so much easier to just let Justin do what he's going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but back when we get to back to rehab, like four days in the detox, Steven is, he wants more Suboxone. They won't give it to him because duh, you, mm-hmm. like you're there, like they're not <laughs> going to give it to him. here. Yeah. And he has a screaming fit and meltdown and we get like a recorded phone call between him and his dad and he is screaming that he is depressed now. And I'm like, I thought you were very happy, Steven. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> now he's like, I'm depressed now. And he's like, I want to go home because they're treating me like a criminal and yes. an animal. It's yes. the devil's playground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When, sometimes when he gets angry, he sounds, he sometimes sounds like a child. No, exactly. And his dad, that's his dad talks to him like a child. Yeah. This is like, you know, it's one of my kids might say something like that. It's the devil's playground. And then I have to be like, where did you hear that? <laughs> like, you know, their new thing right now is that they learned the word texture, like three oh. of them at once. And they use it incorrectly all the time. Okay. They'll be like, this soup will be good if we add a little texture to it. And I'll be like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, salt. I don't know. They don't know what texture (laughs) means. They don't. They're just always talking about the texture of things. But but that's like a thing that would happen. I feel like what happened with Steven where he'd just be using a word a lot. And I'd be like, what does that mean? And he'd go, I don't know. I heard it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. His dad just yells back. I don't think his dad's very good. You know, I'm again, I give him a lot of credit for very little because he seems like a man that would just show up with a bat somewhere. So the fact that he's not like hitting Steven, I'm just like, okay, that's good. looks like he's yeah. doing a good job. <laughs> he, he does, get, the dad does give some empty threats, you know, about yeah. like, if I have to come back out there or, you yeah. know, that kind of thing, or you're going to be homeless. Like he does threaten, but he never... He never is able to follow through with anything. No, because he gets very mad. And then I feel like he deflates right after yeah. that. Yeah. Right? So, and then after that, you're just like, because Justin said something to him, like, you always order him pizza and stuff. And basically, Steven Singer's like, mind your business. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you're on speakerphone. It's all of our business. So... <laughs> I, I liked that part. Justin called him out. I was like, why are you doing this for him? And he was just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. But Justin probably thinks he's better because he can actually go get food. Like also Steven, yeah. how did, I don't know that Steven had access to Instacart or seamless or anything. Yeah. What? You know what? You should watch thousand pound sisters. There's a really similar dynamic in that they're both morbidly obese. And one is it, one is, I guess you could say a lot worse off than the other. Mm -hmm. And she's not taking her health as seriously as the other sister. And I guess it's a common dynamic. They went and saw a psychologist together because they're really codependent. Mm -hmm. Um, And the psychologist said, it's really often that the one doing a little bit better, even though they still need a lot of help, um, really thinks they're superior to the other uh, yeah, family member. Yeah, a comparison all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's all this, it's exactly what Justin's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I guess nothing happens four days in when he's asking. So he, he a week after, he's, they, they, you know, they said the drugs out. are out of his system, he can go home. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so the problem is this, is that he's going to keep taking Suboxone. And Princess is his caregiver. Guys, listen, like I said, I hate anybody named Princess. Anybody with any kind of name, like a princess, <laughs> I, I'm like hissing at them like a cat. I hate it. And I know this is like a deep trauma from my childhood. I, don't, I can't fix it. It is what it is. Just don't be named Princess around me. And yeah. it's also really hard for me to watch this because never in my life is someone calling someone princess around me and not speaking to me. Right. Never. Right. I, anytime I see it written, I, it's, it's about me. There's, and unless I'm like watching the Disney channel or something, but other right. than that, like it's either, it's either super Mario brothers or yeah. it's you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That. There's the only two princes. And so do you remember, it, it might've been the early aughts where people used to have those sweatpants that had like princess on the butt and stuff like yes. that. That yeah. was a hard time for me because I would catch <laughs> my name. And I'd be like, Who, is someone call, was that for me? What is that? And I'd be like, oh, shit. And this is something I would have gotten over. My name was like Lauren, you know, like yeah. when I was like fucking five years old. But yeah. unfortunately now, that, so now I'm watching this. And every time he's talking about princess or talking to princess, I am like getting riled up because I'm like, you're not going to talk to me that way. <laughs> Why don't we just call her the caregiver then? Let's call her a caregiver. Okay. So the caregiver is supposed to bring the Suboxone. But when he gets there, the Suboxone isn't there. And he's upset with her. And what it is, is that probably, I mean, I believe he's on Medicaid probably. And yeah. he's, you know, they, every time you got a prescription at, the, at that damn rehab, it build the Medicaid and they're like, no, you can't have another one. You need to get an override. You need, Like it's all this shit. So yeah. he's mad at, at the caregiver because she's saying, listen, it's not ready yet. Also prescriptions don't just magically appear. Sometimes they don't have the shit and you got to wait. Mm-hmm. And two, if you want it right now, if you're not going to get, it's going to be 150 bucks. And he is livid at her because she's not doing her job. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get him his medication and he mm-hmm. calls his dad and he starts screaming at his dad about this $150 he wants. Um, what do you think Steven Sr. is getting this money from? I don't know. So I think that Steven John Asante is on disability, is right, my guess. Right, that makes sense. Okay, so he, he gets probably stamps. Gets, he, he gets, gets some money, yeah. yeah. Not it, Like, I, w- I was wondering, like, how do they pay the rent for the, these apartments that he's in? Well, the Unless- dad said he was paying it. And I was like, that's interesting, because I would assume he was on Section 8. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it still costs something, but... Yeah, but like 50 bucks I, a month, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I was wondering about all of that money stuff. Yeah. But other than, like, disability, I don't know if it... Is it, like, a national uh, average? Or I know what it used to be here, which was, like, $663 a month. Um, I don't know if it's national or state by state. It's probably state by state because the state is the one that's paying you. Um, but it is dismal. Like, yeah, there's like, there's no way not to be in poverty on disability. And even if you live with someone else, like that goes against your disability. So like, they'll take money away from you because you've got someone that'll like pay, that'll like buy your food. Like it's, they, I, I know he's on food stamps because he tells the caregiver he wants his food stamp card back. Um, 
I know that he's on disability. There's no other way he could live. And there's no other way he could be. Now, Dr. Now and stuff, that's comp for the show. But none of this other stuff, even the rehab was probably comp for the show. Um, Probably what they did, and what I think they do with Dr. Now, is that if you're on Medicaid, they will bill to your Medicaid what they can. And what they can't, they don't make you pay. Um, Because it just makes sense that way. Because they you know, medical billing is a whole thing and they need to get some, you know, and you know, you, you talk about it all the time on Twitter about like how ridiculous like billing insurance companies are. Yeah. I mean, if, if a service is covered, if Medicaid, Medicare pays for, um, any part of that service, they're saying like, um, a hospital stay, an ER visit, whatever, you can't do what's called balance billing and bill the leftover remainder to the patient. Oh wow. So, but if but if a service just isn't covered by your insurance or by Medicaid or whatever, then you can bill the the patient. Yeah. So so like <clears throat> he can't get the medicine. He's mad, he's screaming. He, you know, I this is the part I don't have any really patience for him for. Yeah. It's the crying and the screaming, the crying and the screaming. And I don't know. I, I, I assume it got resolved. I, this is what my assumption is that he probably either, he needed to wait like two days until he could get that, that prescription filled. Right. Cause you, cause a lot of them are like, no, you just got this on this day and you can't have it yep. until this day. Yep. And like my kids are, are like ADHD medicine is just like that, that you can't fill it to a certain day of the month. And that's all it is to it. So, yeah. Because those medications, those are highly regulated ones. Mm-hmm. They are addictive. Yeah. Yep, and they need all kinds of different levels of approvals to even yeah. dispense those. Yeah, yeah. And like my husband once put all my kids' ADHD medicine somewhere. He, my husband has ADD. Okay, so mm-hmm. a lot of times he puts things places without thinking where he is placing it, and he's tall. So sometimes, like, like about twice a month, I just get up on top of the refrigerator and see what's up there. And yeah. it's usually a bunch of shit he's been looking for, mm-hmm. but. He'd hidden this medicine, not hidden it, but he just placed it somewhere and never found it. And I'm like freaking out. And he's like, it's fine. Just call the doctor. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I cannot. They're not going to just be like, oh, you lost a large amount of Adderall? Right. No problem. Here's some more. I was like, no, they're going to call me a drug addict. <laughs> and they're just going to be like, too bad, so sad. We'll see yeah. you next month. That's how it goes. And or maybe you can get, a, you can get a, something replaced every now and then. But like they weren't going to give me like three full bottles. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, no. We finally found that he put it in the glass cupboard, but, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is like, so when he's screaming and stuff, I'm like, did you ask the pharmacist? Because often they can look and tell you like why you can't get it right now or no, you can always get it. You just got to pay for it. <laughs> but, uh, often they can look and tell you like, okay, the reason they're not feeling it is this reason. And then you can like problem solve from there, but yeah, but Steven cannot, he's not a rational person. Yeah. You can't yeah. ration. <laughs> right. And I think this is why the caregiver resigns because like the next time we see him, it's a month later and she's resigning. Um, yeah. And- well, and you know, what was really funny. I thought that when, when she first got got there and got the job she said and I quote Steven seems like or a challenge I like challenges and he's a challenge 
<laughs> you know, so she was really putting her best foot forward and she was really giving it the old college try. Right. Uh, but and I was, you know, I was calling took her a nurse, a but she's not a nurse. She is a caregiver. She comes to do yeah. laundry and clean up. Yeah. She was taking care of that damn cat while he was in rehab. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's such a, I mean, she is a personal care assistant, but that, I was just saying, those are such personal things. Like when he ripped out his hair, she had to clean it up. Yes. It's, that was a lot of hair too. Yeah, it was. I mean, he, he wears his hair a little long. I think it's mostly because it was a little long, but I just think that like the other clients that she have are probably like little ladies that live by themselves. Right. Maybe some people who don't have use of like their legs and things, you know? Right. So you right. come over and you do a few things for them. And they're probably not also, you know, have personality disorders and addictions. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're probably, yeah. at worst, they're probably not very friendly. And at best, they're probably very nice to you. And, yeah, and appreciative. Yeah. Yeah, at, at least say thank you and everything. And then, then you've got this person. And so, <laughs> so she gets there on her last day and he tells us in a voiceover that she's quit. She's come for her last visit and that she wants to take a TV because it's been lent to her by, I mean, lent to him by an organization, I guess the one that she works for mm-hmm. and that, but he's not going to let her. That's what he says in the voiceover very calmly. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let her. Um, and so he, she comes in, she's got the food, she's doing that. She sees all the stuff and she, she's very cheerful. I I'll say, give you that. Like, I feel like I would have walked in sick of his shit already. And she's just like, well, you know, you got to watch this food. You can't have it for two, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she says, okay, well, I'm going to go get your laundry because she does laundry while she's there. And he goes, "Mm -hmm, okay. And then he just starts dialing as soon as she leaves and calls the police on her. Oh my God. (laughs) And says, and just basically tells lies to them and says that his caregiver gave him this tv as a gift because she loves him so much and she <laughs> and now she wants to get it back and he needs an officer there right now right now yes yes and she she um handled that really well oh she handled it beautifully because i would have been like the police are coming you got the wrong motherfucker because i would i would have lost all my good home training all my professionalism i would just <laughs> I'm a princess from the block because I know the fuck you didn't. Um, when she tries to get back in, he goes, who is it? And I was like, she just walked out. And she goes, it's me. And he goes, I've been instructed not to let you back in. And <laughs> she says, until the police gets here. And she goes, the police. And he basically explains that he wants to keep TV. She's not leaving the TV until she shows up proof of it. And to her, like I said, to her credit, she's very, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to wait for him. You've called the police on me. I can't leave here now. And then she says she's going to get another caregiver and she's calling on her phone. And mm-hmm. then Steven yells through the door, we just want to see the proof, baby doll. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, like he talks like an old gangster. <laughs> you broad. <laughs> oh my God. Do you think that's going to be Rhode Island? <laughs> I don't know anybody from Rhode Island. I just, I'm asking real questions. So, okay. But also like, here we go. The TV, think of it like, like a pizza. Think of it like dad's not ordering me pizza. And also like that this woman. So here's what I think happens to Steven with this abandonment stuff. Like it's so, it's, it's interesting because it's so simple, but it's so complex at the same time. So 
he has, he experiences a perceived abandonment. Like, oh, this person I actually like had a bond with is going to leave me. And then he has to act out, you know, in a manner that is manipulative, that maybe they'll change their mind because it's just easier, you know, to be like, okay, fine. You know, I'll leave the TV or I'll stay or, you know, whatever it may be. But I also think part of why he acts out like initially the way he does is because he's in like a trauma reenactment. It's like, Mm. how awful can I be and see if someone can like love me through all of that? You know, it's like testing you. Yes. It is so sad. It's yeah. so, 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 so sad. And I feel like if he could, if he could gain just some insight about all of that, he could make some progress in his life. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the foster kids I had are like that. And you, and it's one of the reasons, like, I mean, I, they're, all my kids are young and all the kids I get are kind of youngish now, but, and I'll have to change when they become teenagers, but like when they are doing things purposely I pulled them closer to me because Mm -hmm. I know that you are trying to push me away. Like, I know you're not, yeah, I know that you're not supposed to do that. You know, you're not supposed to do that. And you're just trying to see if I will prove you right and walk Mm -hmm. out of here. Yeah. And so that's why I always talk about like doing time ins as opposed to time out. Like I make you, I make you spend more time with me. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) And we're going to clean this up together. We're going to wash the car together. We're going to cook together. And you're just going to be right next to me. And if you thought I was leaving, (laughs) ha ha ha. Here, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I also think like what you said, like you're right. It is so simple once you see it, because yeah. then once you see it, you're like, oh, it's here. Look at him; he's doing it there, and he's doing it there. And I think that's a lot of how, in my experience, therapy works is that finally someone explains it to you in a certain perspective, and mm-hmm. and once you like internalize that, you're like, oh fuck, that yeah. is everywhere, and it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the caregiver, I don't know who that is that comes and some man comes in and, uh, removes the TV. Um, and she is very calm and she says, and he's like, I want you to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no, you call the police and I can't leave now. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, basically I'll be on the run. No, I'm going to stay here and wait for the police and explain what happened. And so he, in a panic, like kind of a frantic flailing calls back and screams that he wants to cancel his police call. <laughs> I'm going to cancel my pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know the dispatcher is like, a minute ago you were being robbed and now it's just like, <laughs> don't come over here. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I had to do that last weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you know I had to call 911 twice last weekend? Why? Um, because, okay, one minute we witnessed a bad car accident and um, we had to call 911 and like wait till like you know, the EMTs got there and then we got home and we had a, um, we had a, a cleaning lady here and it was her first time here. And she had, I guess, a panic attack or something <gasps> while she was here. And, um, she was really freaking out. And, um, I was starting to get concerned cause she was just like laying on the ground she was just really this had never happened whatever was happening to her had never happened to her before like so she wasn't like this is 
she wasn't familiar at all no. with why this was happening. No, but and I was like, we can take you to an emergency room or I can call 911. What would you prefer? And she was kind of just like, she couldn't answer my question. Right. She's you know? <laughs> um, but then she was like, I think I'm going to throw up. And I was just kind of like, huh, that's weird. And I called 911 and then they said, okay, let me connect you with a medic, which I didn't know that that was the thing that they did. Me either. And and they answered and I was like, I've got this woman here and this is what's happening. And then my husband came in the room and was like, I think she's going to be okay. We can take her to an ER if we need to. And I said, okay, uh, I guess we don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they were like, okay, well, thanks for calling. Call us back if you need us. And that, you know, that was it. So, so did you take her to the ER? No, actually she... Um, she just laid outside on our deck for a little while. We gave, her, <laughs> <laughs> we gave her food and water. I actually asked her when she first said she wasn't feeling right and she was feeling hot and her heart was racing. I said, have you ever had a panic attack before? And she was like, I don't think so. And I said, well, just sit here, just breathe. I'm going to bring you some water. Um, and I kind of just like left her there for a minute. And I think she was embarrassed. And so, sure. you know, it was all building. And my husband who has hypoglycemia was like, have you eaten today? Because he gets these weird episodes when he hasn't eaten and she hadn't eaten anything. Um, so we thought she needs to eat. She needs to drink. Um, and she did those things. And then maybe about 15 minutes later, she was like, okay, that was weird. I think the worst of it's passed. But she still, like, needed to go home. Isn't it um, so interesting how, like, and I mean me when I'm saying this, how, like, we're so stupid about our bodies. Like, we'll just, like, I feel like shit all the time. And then you'll look at it and you had, like, six Kit Kats that day or something. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know why I feel bad. Or, like, little things, like, we just have to feed ourselves and keep ourselves yeah. hydrated and... I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that I've been in her position where I've like something has happened. And like, when I go back through the day, I'm like, Oh, cause you didn't eat anything till 7 PM. That's why you were a raging fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. and Everything was terrible. And you just were like, why are these people stupid? But you didn't eat anything. Cause you're not taking care of yourself. And if yeah. you just like, Ugh. are you gonna is she gonna come back she is um we were really worried that she wouldn't want to i told her i told her that we're trauma bonded now and <laughs> but it's i said like i've had a panic attack before like you know the the crazy thing is you just you can't you can't anticipate it's gonna happen to you it just they come out of the blue yeah and that we would have done anything necessary to help her and we hope she feels comfortable coming back and so she said she's going to, and now I'm worried she's going to pull up to her house and be like, I can't do that. <laughs> but oh. I bet you anything she will have eaten before she comes next of time. Of course. Of course. <clears throat> so, and we were so excited to have her too. Like, uh, just like, you yeah. know, been waiting for this day and. And then this uh, happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the police didn't come to Stevens either. And <laughs> yeah. The next time we end up seeing him, he's in the hospital because of leg pain and uh -huh. he's crying and screaming for dialid. What is, what is he crying for? Dialid dial I don't know how to say it. It's like I mean, a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like morphine. Yes. Um, well, I, I can't, can't pronounce it. it, but I can see the spelling of it in my brain. Yeah, me too. It's dialid. Dialid. I don't know. Yeah. But he's screaming for it, which I feel like automatically now i am not a medical professional i only play one on tv and right. i feel like if you show up to the er and you were screaming for a brand name of a 
Yes. <laughs> it's a red like, flag. It's a red I'm flag. Like, hmm. I know. I just feel like you've been here before. <laughs> so, and obviously he has, and he keeps saying, I see something. I see. So- is he saying he's hallucinating? What is I he don't see- know. <laughs> I, the thing with Steven is like, I believe that he probably is in Like he has to be in pain, right? Absolutely. That leg, that yes. leg, that leg does not look human. It is so no. misshaping the, his toenails. And they keep giving us close-ups on it. His yeah. toenails, like, like I was saying, I have lymphedemia, lymphedema, not like yeah. this or right. not even much like Wendy Williams who has like a mild case, but it's just as this, like, I need to be very careful with my, with my legs and feet. I need to like, it, I can't spend three weeks on my feet just running around all the time. And when it gets hot, I'm prone to swelling and I have to like be careful about salt and, and, but the thing about it is because it's an autoimmune thing, right? Mm-hmm. You like if you get some like cuts or like anything on your feet and legs, it's like a diabetic that like you can lose a limb this way. How and did he not lose a leg yet? I don't then? know. Just... I don't think he's getting, I don't think he's getting that many injuries. And so when I'm looking at his feet, I'm like, you have to take care of your feet. You need to cut those toenails. You have to like make sure your feet are um, moisturized, no cracks in your heels or anything like that. That's an easy way for bacteria to get in. You have to be like, my feet look like I've never walked a day in my life because but that's I'm so crazy careful. because he like go they show him going outside for a walk when he's trying to get his Girl. shit together and he's just out there <laughs> he's just out there without shoes on just walking and through the grass and it's raining yeah and, and it's a pebble walkway and I was like Stephen <laughs> it would be just walk around his house then that's what I was saying it would be better if you just did like not laps for like a back and forth in the living room it would be better yeah. if you did that it'd be better if you sat in a chair and did some uh chair exercises right and people some when he's doing that someone comes out of their house to be like what the fuck is going on it is raining this monster of a man and i'm not (laughs) saying that because i think he's a i'm saying that that's what like that's what people's first thing is he's not wearing shoes he is completely misshapen he has all these limps his skin is gray because um it's cracking and then re because it's, and, and then every time we see him when he's going to the hospital, his leg is very inflamed and swollen, which yeah. means like if he were, if he were laying flat, I mean, I'm not saying it'd be better, but it would not be swollen like that because yeah. he would be elevated. Some, yeah. And I'm like, so Steven, are you really standing up all day or sitting? Why would you do that? It, anyway, I, so I know he's in pain. I agree with you. I believe he's in pain. I believe he's in pain. I believe he's got a certain level of pain at his all back time. must hurt. Yeah, his back must hurt a lot, I would imagine. His ankles, his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what he can tell. Like, I don't know what he can tell is hurting. Like, because of his addiction. You know, it's like Yeah. You uh, can't separate it. Yeah. I, it's and, and it's like the food addiction too, right? When you are uh, abusing food in that way, like you don't know when you're hungry, right? You know when you want food, but you right. don't know. But you're not you're you've gotten out of touch with your body. Um, it's one of the things I really work on a lot. Is like, do I want do I want food or am I hungry? Because those are separate mm-hmm. things. <laughs> and so and, and it's I mean I think a lot of people are in that position. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's when he keeps saying, I see something, Dr. Now shows up. And I was like, you see Dr. Now, that big <laughs> Muppet, that there's no way he's not made out of fabric and like stuffing and shit. I do not <laughs> believe he's a real person. Yeah. I just don't. Those eyebrows, there's no way God created those eyebrows. Jim Henson created those fucking eyebrows. <laughs> so, you know, he's pulling his hair again. Dr. Now says they have to detox him again. They run some tests. They check out his leg. Mm. And his leg, he has a new blood clot in his left leg. Mm. And I think he's had one in his right as well. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that's painful. And Dr. Now says his entire life has gotten off track since he's been in Texas. He's gained weight, which... <sighs> gained 101 pounds, I think. Oh, my God. Something like when, that, yeah. When, the, when he gets on scales and they go up, I scream every <laughs> single time because I'm just like... Because every time, you know, he's so hopeful when he gets on those scales. He's always like, you know, we'll see what happens. I think everything should be okay. <laughs> I'm like, how? You've been I eating know. six Well, it's so interesting that you could gain 100 pounds or lo- at one point he loses, I think, about 79 yeah. or something. But yeah. it's so in- that you could gain or lose that much but have no, I- no concept of your body. So yeah. like getting on the scale and not having any idea that you gained 100 pounds or getting on the scale and not having any idea that you lost 79 pounds for that matter. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if, yes, if you ahead. think about it, he's like 700 pounds, isn't he? Yeah. And so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's like, it would be like someone who's 140 pounds losing or gaining 20 pounds. And, yeah. but, and, but people would know. I, I just think that he's very disconnected from his body at all times. Very. And has to be has to be absolutely you know at one point dr now says like steven you're going backwards so much it's unbelievable <laughs> you know and he just oh and he makes him look at himself in the mirror Are oh we not yeah there yet yeah but he makes him look himself in the mirror and oh my god all right so you know i one question i want to ask you because we keep yeah. going back and forth to justin why yeah. is justin in this episode <laughs> i don't know i don't know and you mentioned that in your previous episode about this is called like the Asante brothers. Yeah. But this really is about Steven. It's not about Justin. Yeah. I don't even understand why Justin went down there at first. I was like, who told you you had to come, Justin? You hate Steven and you don't want Dr. Now to even look at you. So yeah, that was so weird too, that Dr. Now came in the room when he did go down there and he just wouldn't even look at him. And he was on his phone. He was doing something so childlike. It just, it's and you know his dad's over there like he's talking to you buddy and i'm like okay that's something you say to a three-year-old yeah like what the (laughs) hell my i was a borderline mute when i was little and Mm -hmm. um talk about fucking complex trauma who knows what was going on for me but i wouldn't speak and my mom would do those things she'd be like are you going to talk today? And it was like, like, no. And I didn't talk yesterday. And now that you said that I'm doubling down, bitch. Thank you. (laughs) My younger brother didn't speak uh, until he was about three ish. Uh And what they found, and my mom was so pissed at me, what they, cause he's just a, a, like a year and a month old younger than me. What they found is that like, when we were behind like a two-way mirror that he spoke to me all the time and I would translate for him. And I just did all this. All I did was talk and I'd just be like interpreting his facial movements for my mom. I'd be like, yes, he's very hungry. I can see because look at his eye. He's hungry. And I, and like my mom was very angry at me 
well, my mom always loves to be angry. That's her favorite mm-hmm. emotion. <laughs> but, but she reminds me a lot of Kale from Team Mom. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is why I remind my, like, I, Kale is my, mm-hmm. like, I understand her so much because I'm like, yeah, you're, it's so much easier to be mad than to actually be like, actually, I feel abandoned right now. It's so much easier <laughs> to start screaming. <laughs> so, but she was very angry because she was like, I had to take off of work. It uh-huh. turns out that the problem with your brothers that you talk too much. And I was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I have to get to the gap. I don't know. And, and it really was just that I had to like, kind of like stop, not overpowering him, but we had a dynamic where I was the alpha, he was the beta and I just did it all. And he was my sidekick and everything. And I kind of had to like, kind of take a step back from him because, and he really started, he started speaking and he started uh-huh. flourishing. He started having a whole little personality of his own. And it just turns out I was just too much at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was pissed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she still brings it up sometimes. <laughs> okay. So listen, I also want to ask you about this. Why okay. is Steven always naked in the hospital? Naked? Naked. He's always like at home. Sometimes he has a shirt on. The, but I, I feel like clothes doesn't they don't fit him. Like my assumption was always that he couldn't find anything that fits. So he just throws a towel over his privates, but um, Uh, you're right. He does occasionally wear a shirt or shorts or something. Um, I don't know. And I also was very disturbed when he like got up from his hospital bed and there were just like spots of blood. I think, and you texted me about this and I thought I'd text you back and I didn't. (laughs) But I think his skin tears very easily. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking um, like pressure ulcers or something. Um, yeah. I, was, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like hemorrhoids and stuff. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And I also wouldn't be surprised if like we just said, he's so disconnected from his body. Like he doesn't even like register that there's a yeah problem sometimes because one, he's in all this pain anyway. And also he's like zoning out of this. Yeah. yeah. So if he actually like, rip something or whatever like sometimes he has bandages around his legs and that's because probably his lymphedema is weeping so you know the fluid is actually leaving his skin and like it's it's super gross sorry i brought it up but like sometimes you see like a white band and that means that he's seen a medical professional that was like no we have to like put something on this yeah no i've seen it in some other you know the only other 600 pound life episode that's like seared in my memory is that one where the person had like maggots in their um yeah store on their leg and they had no idea yeah and again so disconnected from your body you don't even realize there's things feeding on you yeah yeah but i don't i think for him it's probably a just more comfortable to not be enclosed because you know and it's also another thing like it's probably really hard for him to think about. Yeah. Like you spend so much of your time in no clothes. I was thinking, I know that Steven was engaged to someone recently. Yeah. I think they got married. Okay. But like, I don't know if it was a hoax or like what the deal was, but. Cause you don't, you can't tell with him. Right. But I was thinking when I was watching this, has Steven ever had sex with anybody? I don't know. Oh, my husband was asking me about penis situation and like where it is at underneath the stomach and um (laughs) when you gain weight your penis doesn't gain weight too it probably looks like a average penis but compared to all his body it's probably very because you know he's pissing in um those cups those urine i don't know if they're really called i call them urine cups that he 
tucks under and puts his penis in and pees. Yeah, I think there must be something there. I think in some cases it actually retracts a little <gasps> bit. I've, I've heard, I don't think it was Dr. Now, it might've been Dr. Drew or some, someone talk about this where, um, you know, if with enough fat around that area, it will kind of, kind of tuck itself under. Like I never thought about that. Yeah. Like it's hard to access. Um, it can be hard to access. I would say that it's probably different in all cases, but yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we uh, should like try to contact Princess because she'd definitely bathe him. So she'd be like, ah, I know all about it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a the scoop um, on it. There's a there's a friend of mine from that from the EVP group. I know she listens. Alicia, do you know her? Nope. Um, she uh, she did her homework and looked into this once and I think looked at some some porn. Uh, she reported back oh. to me the <laughs> that it's a it's a thing that exists. And it's interesting. And um, she was very curious about the, yeah, the sex well, part and all of that. Alicia, so. thanks for looking that up so that <laughs> we don't have to, because I can't have that in my search history. I don't, I can't do all that. So. I, know, right? I know. All right. So uh, basically after this, like he's, I guess he's there for like a month. He loses about the, like you said, the 80 pounds in that month. And, you know, Dr. Now says, now you're going home and Steven doesn't want to go home. Right. Um, you know, later on, his dad says, I think he's lonely. And I was like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but doesn't he ask for more drugs at that point, too? He's like, no. can I have some uh, Percocet or something? He asked for it later. He has balls oh, okay. of fucking steel. We may not be able to find them, but he's got those bitches. So yeah. <laughs> um, he says that Dr. Now says you can be back on the program. Do you ever think Dr. Now doesn't want these people on his program? He's oh, just like, yeah. Absolutely. I think that part of, part of what Dr. Now is doing on my 600 pound life, part of this whole thing is that he takes the people that no one else will take. Okay. So I I don't mean to say the worst worst of the worst, but I kind of think it is like, I think he takes the people that everyone else refuses to treat. Yeah. Um, or like Steven, they've been kicked out of a million places, or this is kind of like a shock value thing. Um, and I do definitely think that he gets to, you know, a breaking point. And I think he kind of did. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Here. This is the only time I've been happy to see doctor. Cause I, I have mixed results about doctor now for myself. For sure. For I, sure. There, there's a saying in the psych business that, you know, and I don't, I don't know that this is, I'm not going to say this is the right way to think about things, but, but it is a saying some therapists, psychologists will say, don't work harder than your patient's willing to work. Yeah. 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 You know? And I think that about like doctor now, like in this situation and he kind of does for a minute, but then he brings it back and he's like, eh, Yeah, you know, I, there's only so much I can do as a. Do you think production ever talks to him when he's like, "No, I that we have to kick him out of this program." Do you think production ever talks to him and goes, "No, can you like this is going really well. It would be helpful if he could stay in the program. Can we want to film him for some more time?" Probably. Yeah. Probably, I, and I also think Stephen likes attention. So I think that I think he adores being in the hospital, getting like mm-hmm. nurses doting on him or whatever. Even if they're men, you know, I just think that he likes being in um, that situation. He gets yeah. something out of it for sure. Yeah. 
So he's going to send him home and he's going to let him back in the program. And he just wants him to lose about 40 pounds a month. I, I said just, but these numbers these people put up on this show are so big that 40 pounds doesn't sound like a lot. Whereas if I lost 40 pounds in a month, I'd be at a doctor crying thinking I was dying because it's so much weight. It's yeah. Even when Dr. Now is upset with them, sometimes they've lost 150 pounds. I'm like, that's a lot of weight to lose. I know it's not what you want it, but it's but so they, much weight. I know. But the thing is, is that like, they have to prove that they can continue to do it to be eligible for the surgery so that they can trust that they'll take care of their body afterwards, yeah. that it wasn't just like a waste and that they don't have these false hopes that this surgery is going to just magically fix their life. Yeah. And also um, it fucks up his, his average, um, with results sure. and things. And uh-huh. I know it does. And I remember Roxanne Gay talking about how when she wanted to go get her surgery, that there are lots of people that would not take her because mm-hmm. they would only take people under a certain amount. And they would only, they were like, listen, we're, we're trying for this trial. We're doing this. We have to be able to show this. And when people fail these things that uh, it makes, it fucks up with our results things. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she was really frustrated because she because people were asking her to lose like a hundred pounds before the surgery and she was like if I could lose a hundred pounds why would I want the surgery and so that's interesting I didn't know she was trying to get a surgery I think um, she had it okay because I know like she works hard I know that yeah. she she works out all the time um yeah that's that makes yeah. sense. If I could have lost a hundred pounds, I would have already. <laughs> right. I like, she's not trying to be like a size six. If she, if she knew that she could like get through this certain point would just diet and exercise at this point and lose a hundred pounds, then she would just start, but it's not, you know, yeah. but she talks about, it. I think she had the surgery. Please don't let me be out here slandering and fucking Roxanne gay, but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she's been tweeting about it. And I'm pretty sure it was in her last book. She wrote an essay about it. I'm pretty sure. And now someone's going to like send me a Patreon message that's like, that was not Roxanne Gay. That was actually a man you're thinking about. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Because I really just get on this fucking podcast and just be saying shit. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So so you're right. You know, you're right. Uh, He asked for Oxy when he leaves. Because Dr. Now says, okay, you can stay in a program, but you got to go to therapy. Yeah. You got to lose 40 pounds a month. And he goes, okay, but well, you are going to give me some oxy, right? <laughs> he goes, no. And Steven says, well, I'm done talking now then. <laughs> when he said that, and Dr. Nell says, well, you're not done listening. <laughs> and, and I just thought it was so funny. I just love the way he's like, Steven, you are a drug addict. Yeah. I am not giving you any pain medication. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are obviously a drug addict. I cannot, like, hand you oxy i can't do it <laughs> and then steven's like well i'm done talking i'd like to go home now <laughs> okay yeah so the next time you see him the therapist is coming over the therapist's name is dr paradise <laughs> yeah dr paradise he's like, like a him. tiny man yes he's so little it's i felt tiny I, gentleman i felt i mean i got gay vibes from him i thought totally. it was soothing to me i just yeah. I, I, I was thinking like, would I like Dr. Paradise to talk to me? And I, I thought, yeah, it's fine for him to talk. Cause he seems, he's got a soothing voice. You know, he's better than the other woman they send people to. This black lady. Yes. I know what you're talking about. She's very she's, Houston. She's very, um, 
I mean, you guys can drag me if you want to, but she's very CBT oriented in a way that is just like, she doesn't even scratch the surface with these people. Mm. Um, you know, it's just like, follow these four steps and you're going to be successful kind of thing. And she just, maybe it's how they edit her, but yeah, she's, she's not it. This guy, he's fine. I didn't, you know, in all my time watching this show, I've never seen him say or do anything that I think is like bad. Yeah, it must be hard for you to watch some of these shows. <laughs> the therapist on them. You're well, like, no, it's interesting because it's a solo job, right? I don't know what anyone else ever does. So it's very interesting for me to watch. And and sometimes it's validating because I'll think like, I've, oh, I've said that to somebody. I'm glad somebody else has said that to somebody. Or, <laughs> or I'll think like, oh my God, why, you know, why would you say that? But a lot of times it's just very interesting for me because I've never, I've never been in another room with therapists doing therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But you're and like I'll, a part of professional groups and stuff. Cause sometimes you get mad about them. Yes, for sure. But I'm still not a witness in the room with, you know, like oh. what they're doing with people and saying to people, I guess in grad school, um, we did record ourselves and, and listen and stuff like that, but that's the extent of it. Um, oh God. yeah, that's so interesting. So like, I never thought about that. Yeah. So like no one knows what anyone else is really doing or saying. And it's very, it breeds a lot of insecurity. It can breed a lot of insecurity, but yeah, but I think this guy, yeah, I'm on board with him. I'm on board with the lady on that Showtime show, Couples Therapy, not the VH1 show, but (laughs) yeah, you're telling me about it. (laughs) And um, I'm on board with Esther Perel. Of course. Who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you, what do you think that room smelled like that uh, Stephen was lighting candles and shit? Oh, my God. Yeah, Cat I piss. don't know. <laughs> I, his apartment got so messy. Well, the caregiver wasn't there. And I don't know how often she came. Maybe once a week, maybe. And seems about right, but... Uh, having someone come once a week and go, it smells like cat piss in here and like move some shit around is better than nothing. I guess. Well, it got so bad. His dad was pissed and was like- His dad was so angry. Well, also his dad, like, I think his dad rented that apartment. So he's also going, looking around going, where's my deposit? Right. I'm responsible for this. Yes. Yeah. And I would- He really, he's got to cut Stephen off, man. Yeah. He's got to cut, Stephen's grown. But so Dr. Paradise, you know- is asking questions about the background. Steven says he's conquered his pill addiction. I'm like, okay. And he wishes he could do it with food. And Dr. Paradise asks, what is the barrier to that? And Steven says, there is no barrier. And Dr. Paradise says, okay, well, that's something to keep in mind that you're saying that there's no barrier. Um, And then Steven says, well, I can write it down if you want. And that's when Dr. Paradise says, you're a smooth talker. Um, Just make sure you're not like smooth talking yourself, you know? Uh And I, I feel one of the things I felt about Dr. Paradise here is that without that lady is that I felt like he, I don't feel like that lady ever calls anybody on anything. I think she's just like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was appreciative that Dr. Paradise actually said that it was like, you know, it, 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 one of the things from that 
when I first started therapy, I thought what happened was I thought I could go somewhere and someone was going to tell me how to fix something. And I was sorely disappointed to find out that is not fucking true, that they're just standing there almost witnessing and guiding you as you figure it out. And that sucks because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, So, but I just felt like he said a really important thing that like the only person you're fooling around is yourself. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be here tonight when you eat pizza or whatever, you know, right, this right. is about you and listen to what you're saying and decide whether that's like a really true thing you want to say. Yeah. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but whoever paired Steven with this guy, like, you know, let's say they had a choice to pair him with this guy or that other woman that they use sometimes. It's like, I think someone knew maybe it's a better choice to put him with a man for one yes. thing, because yeah. I think that he would have manipulated a woman a little bit in yeah, the and beginning. I know, and I know it's super simple and everything, but I've just noticed that he like gets really rowdy with women and you know, he's got mom shit, you know? And yeah, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere, I'm sure this was just like a, you know, completely coincidence, but it was a good deal. Um, so his dad's getting coming, the house is too expensive, the apartment's too expensive, which is interesting to me because he lives in Houston. I'm sure he lives in a bad part of Houston, probably the suburbs. I cannot imagine that apartment costs more than like 700 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And when I found that his dad was paying it, I was like, oh, wow. I don't know that I would pay $700 a month for someone else to live, not even one of my kids. Like, it's different yeah. than saying you can live with me and different than me be committing to paying your rent for na- from now on, as well as whatever the pizza's fucking cost. I know, but I mean, from his dad's perspective, he's probably thinking, well, Steven's finally getting the help that he needs and, and um, that's worth it, maybe. Do you think but... he's also like relieved he's not at his house? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. in the first episode, they seem so happy to be used. They're like, yeah, take him. Take him to yeah. Houston. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Thank God he's in Houston. Well, he's exhausted the entire hospital system in the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> and, you know, like the dad's probably embarrassed by him because of whatever, you know. He said he was Part- living in his car for a week because yeah. his dad was driving him to place to place trying to get That's him. That's right. That's right. Oh. <sighs> All right, so he's coming in. He said, "Smell like cat piss. It's filthy." Also, he, you know, his he's just upset. And Stephen says his dad is upset, frustrated, and scared. And you know what? I know that's the voiceover, so somebody wrote that shit. But yeah. if Stephen said that, I am impressed with his emotional um, intelligence right there because. Mm-hmm. I was in my late twenties when I realized that the reason my mother has been loud all my life is that she is afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. I interpret that as her being mad at me. I interpret that as like her just being annoying. And I was, it was a long time before I was like, oh wait, she is scared of her own shadow. And the first thing she does when she gets upset is angry because she is worried and she thinks something she's, she, she feels vulnerable. She hates feeling vulnerable. And I know that. And I, what the reason I realized that is because I realized it about myself. Like I saw it in myself and I was like, well, why are you yelling right now? <laughs> I was like, cause you're trying to make yourself big and scary. Like a cat does. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe because it's easier to see stuff in other people than it is to see it in yourself. And yeah. so yeah. maybe, maybe he has some ability to do that. I think 
I don't think he's like dumb, dumb, you know, he's just manipulative and you have to be a little bit smart to be manipulative and observant. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, now I appreciate that I can talk to my mom and say, she's better. She's, she's like in her sixties. So she's really mellowed out a lot, but also like sometimes when she's hyped like that, I could be like, Hey, hey, hey. I, I, I know what this is about, but you got to calm down. Cause that's not doing it for me. I'm over here freaking out because you're, yeah. cause you're doing that. So we got to both calm down. Cause it's, we're not, it's not going to help anybody. And I did appreciate, I don't know if production told him to do this, that Steven senior comes back in the house and says, I didn't want to get frustrated. I'm sorry. I didn't want to like do that with you. Um, I'm just really worried. I'm scared. Uh, you look like you're high, but I'm not asking any questions about that. Mm-hmm. And he asked about if Steven ever looks in the mirror. And this combo is very um, invasive. Like he picks up Steven's arm. I've never seen, like besides a hug as he was leaving, I've never seen him <laughs> touch Steven. Yeah. And Steven is calm throughout it all. And so I believe he was high. Cause I was like, this is, you're too fucking calm right now. Uh, I just, I don't understand why he's this calm while his dad is yelling while his dad is like, don't you want this arm to look like this? And I'm like, God, this isn't helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they go looking for our apartment. And oh my God. Do you like, so I don't understand why Steven is on this trip because we're just going to get the cheapest apartment. You don't care about scenery. Mm-hmm. You don't like, we're going to get a cheap one bedroom or studio probably. And it's going to look just like whatever. Why do you think Steven was on this? Like when he has a hard time getting around and no shoes. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm coming at this. This is probably not the right answer, but just like to do, to get out of the house, to do something because he doesn't get to do anything because he has no quality of life. So I don't, I don't know. Um, Do you think, I think maybe his dad wanted him to go because his dad can see he doesn't have a quality of life. And I don't think Steven even feels it anymore. Or, or maybe his dad thought it was like a learning opportunity for him to learn something about how the world works and sign a lease. And, you know, I don't know, like uh, for Steven to see the realities of like what it costs and what it takes to live. I I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question because he didn't really need to be there. And as we lead up to the most like infamous scene in 600 pound life. Again, I don't history. remember looking at this. So they put Steven in a golf cart, which I've been in, listen, I've been in one of those golf carts looking at apartments and like been like, oh girl, are we going to fall? Because they, <laughs> they're small and like usually rickety. And like, I was basically, I wanted to, we can just walk to the fucking apartment. I don't need But this. they went like off-roading. They went like yes! up a little patchy, a grass patch. And that's where they lost him. And we see Steven just slide oh in my like slow-mo right off the back of the cart. And he's like, oh God. Oh, it really was like a family guy episode where- yes. He's like, he freaks. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. And then he's on the ground. And so he starts screaming and crying. His dad is like, okay, I think you're all right. Um, (laughs) And the guy who they blurred out his face, the apartment manager is like, dude, is my insurance going to cut? Like, he seems very like, are we going to call an ambulance? Like what? Yeah. 
He he is and this Steven is not his to. everyday life. Yeah, he, of course he wants to go to the hospital. But and he's holding his head. He's saying he's in pain everywhere, which is makes me not believe him because I'm like, oh yeah, you where what hurts? My legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so they're just standing there where he's on the ground screaming over him. His dad asks if he can walk over because the ambulance gets there and. And Steven stops to scream to go, are you fucking kidding me? I hit the ground hard. You want me to make a miracle? <laughs> I just, I love his like wording. <laughs> so it's like, who says, do you, like if someone asked me to walk somewhere, I'm like, do you want me to make a miracle? That's so. I know. I and like, okay, I'm not saying there wasn't any impact, but like he just slid right out. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a fall or anything. It right. was just kind of like a slide. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it hurt. I'm sure like it would hurt if I fell down, like, like I slipped on the driveway or something. But I think, I honestly think he's using an excuse me because once he realizes the MTV, the MTVs, the AMTs cannot like get that ambulance over there and he's going to have to stand up. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. For sure. We know this because he calls the paramedics any chance he gets. He calls the police any chance he gets. He's well, just he's a Karen. He's, he's he is such a Karen. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're so right. He uses the police to his personal advantage. Yes. Like they're his personal thugs or some shit. Ugh. Oh God. I wonder if he's going to come out with like an apology about all of that. Never. <laughs> Never <laughs> in his life. He has too much to apologize for. <laughs> he'll die before he apologizes to everyone so like he's supposed to go to therapy with dr paradise at this point and he wants to go to the hospital and he's saying i can't go to therapy i'm in too much pain (laughs) i and this does this feel good to me to be laughing at somebody like this no No, it does not no in fact i have so many like moral ethical problems with this show and yet here i am you know mocking it i know you've talked about this before about how it just doesn't feel good to be like speculating on this show, but then it's like, you have to, you have to, yeah. and that's what they put it out there for. And so. It's- and I think if Steven were nicer, like some of the other characters, or you're talking about the thousand pound sisters and like somebody that you could root for. I yeah. think when he fell out of that garf- golf cart, we would have been like, oh, instead of busting out laughing, but he's so <laughs> mean. So- that's true. That's true. When you watch thousand pound sisters, you really just want them to do well. You really do. Okay. They're funny. They're they're cute. They are sweet. Yeah. You just yeah. And it, Stephen falling out there's like Scrooge slipping on a patch of ice or something. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, good. You got what you deserved. But so he doesn't want to go to therapy. But Dad is like, I came here to go to therapy. I guess they were supposed to have a joint session. So they get yes. there. Yes. Doctor Paradise comes out, and you're right. He's a short king. That he's a little man. He's like <laughs> on his tiptoes looking at the window. <laughs> It's really cute. And he pats Steven on the arm. Yeah. He's like, you okay, buddy? Yeah. And I think, I also think it's nice, you know, as we keep saying, Steven likes to be in the hospital because people, people are around him and kind of like are nice to him, especially at first. I think it's nice to have a Dr. Paradise in your life who doesn't come out and go, what the fuck is going on? He's just like, yeah. hey man, what you, what you doing? Like, and he, you know, he lets the situation breathe. And I, I, I think people don't understand how like how how helpful that is to just have someone go. So what happened? As opposed to coming out there and like throwing all this shit at you, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I actually think too. 
um, it was a therapeutic intervention even to just touch his arm, you know, because how often do you think Steven gets touched by anybody? He doesn't have a personal care assistant. Never probably. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Or that he's not being transported somewhere. Right. So, you know, they explain it and, you know, Dr. Paradise is trying to get him to come in because he's like, you're here. We agreed to do this. This is set up. Your dad's here. And Steven doesn't want to. And so he says, okay, then let's do it with your dad. And the dad is like, huh, me? Huh? <laughs> but he gets mm-hmm. him to go in there. And while they're in there talking, Steven calls an ambulance. So they juxtapose these two things mm-hmm. together. And I thought Dr. Paradise did a good job with Steven's dad explaining that like, just empowering him to say, you know, you can go out there and say, no. Right. You can like, you don't have to stand by and watch all this happen if you think it's the wrong thing to do. Now, this was hard for me to watch because I'm like, when someone says they're in pain, I want to believe them, right? I don't Unless wanna... they're Steven Jonathan. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to ever be standing in front of someone and be like, you're not hurt. <laughs> like that. But when his dad goes out, and says, actually, guys, this is a drug addict. <laughs> he wants to go. He wants to, what do you say? He says he wants to get that shot in his army. Mimics yes. it so he can float. <laughs> yes, so he can float. And the EMTs are kind of like, well, it's your choice, buddy. And, uh, but the, the therapist, before they even go out there, is kind of telling the dad, like, we need to increase your ability to say no. Like, he's like, you have to increase your tolerance for it, kind of, which I thought. I thought that was good. Accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't always do it. You don't always like cut things off cold turkey or do the right thing all the time, but you got to like, just work a little bit, say no to this then say no to that and just work your, like, like an exercise. Yeah. And, and the one thing that the dad did finally say that kind of allowed me to go, okay, like in some ways I understand why you keep getting pulled is because the dad says, well, if I don't order him the pizza, he threatens to call 911 or he will call 911. And I don't mm-hmm. want him doing that because that's not the right thing to be doing, which I can totally understand, but it's, he's not doing the right thing by ordering the pizza. Yeah. But I get, he doesn't want Steven to be. And I think resources. Like, now that Steven's in Houston, it's less dangerous to Steven senior, but when they were living together, what Steven would do is call 911 and say that they were abusing him. Mm-hmm. He would hit himself. He would say they weren't feeding him. Uh, and if I was a dad, I just like, when they got there, I just opened the closet full of pizza and be like, yeah, we, he eats. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He eats. But I know it's rude, but look at him. He eats. But like he, what he's saying is that like, I'm a disabled person. Right. Yeah. And you like, you not feeding me is abusing me. <laughs> so yeah, so but I'll, also I'll you're, arrested. Arrested. You're, you're like desensitized to the world of CPS and APS yeah, yeah. and all of those things. It's like, you know, those people aren't, they come, they do their job, they write the report and they find nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, but a, well, other, a, a lay person may actually be afraid of those authorities. Yeah. Well, unless he like puts a bunch of nickels in a socket and beats himself in the head and they're in, and like, what are you going to do? You're going to be yeah. like, you put a bunch of nickels in a sock and everyone's like, who does that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's too late for you. You're fucking arrested. So yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in the car as they're like, well, no, what happens? He gets in the lead because he says to them, he says, if you go with the EMTs, 
I'm, I'm done. done. I'm going to leave. I'm not getting this new apartment for you. Cause I guess the lease is up or whatever. So you're going to be homeless. I'm out of yep. here. Yeah. Steven even puts on a, a neck brace. Yes. Where'd he get that from? The from EMT? the EMTs. Gave it to him. <laughs> Cause he said, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. And they said, what's your pain level? And he says, he says it's an eight. Yeah. But remember he says that the reason he goes to the doctor 15, 20, the ER 15, 20 times a, a month is that if he says that his pain is an eight or above, they have to give, give him, him the drugs. Yeah. 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 And I don't, I don't know if they have to, you know, you know what? I'll say that for later. But, um, so basically I don't know how long they were out there, but eventually Steven goes, okay, never mind. Right. <laughs> well, once the death, and so here we are again with this threat of abandonment, perceived abandonment. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, he changes his mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while they're in the car, because they go and rent that apartment that Steven like bounced like a bouncy ball in front of. They rent that apartment. So yeah. they drive back over there. I'm sure the apartment manager is in his office going, talking on the phone to everyone he knows going, you will never fucking believe what the fuck happened to me just now. We're I never bet. using that card again. Yeah. <laughs> Traumatizing. Justin calls. And this is when Justin is yelling at dad about like, Mike's store has been closed for a week. And I just didn't understand why his store had to be closed for a week. Because the dad was gone? Like, why that? Like, maybe he couldn't get a ride to the store or something? Well, that seems like... The, another thing is when they opened the store, Justin had friends there. I don't know if those were friends, but okay. Who do you think they were? Production? I, yeah, I don't know. I think one of the people... Wasn't it someone... Isn't the dad dating someone? Has a fiance or something right and And she she, was there helping and he said he loves her i skipped that part yeah he said he loves because he treats justin like she treats justin like his mother and he's never had a mother like this and i was like nothing could go wrong here (laughs) (laughs) you just found this woman at your local dive bar and you just brought her and said justin meet your new mother and justin who's like had all this fucking shit with a mom like (laughs) yeah sure everything's gonna work out there I right. guess so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does have a friend, but I don't know why the store would have to be closed. That's a good, good question. Yeah. But I, I thought about that when they said that because I Stephen doesn't have any friends. Yeah. The internet. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So they rent the apartment, and you know, the Stephen tells us he's gonna miss his dad. He said he's going home, and I'm like, you guys are so fucking dysfunctional. Yeah, I, you guys are like fighting like two cats in a fucking bag, and then at the end of the day, you're like, "I love you." And yeah. it's just like, this will stress me the fuck out. And so, um, the next time we see Stephen, he's in bed mm-hmm. drinking a Coke. <laughs> yep, eating Coke, Coke bottles. Coke peppers. bottles everywhere, by the way. Everywhere, garbage. <laughs> eating a eating like cocoa pebbles from the box. And by the way, this is ten months into his treatment. Yes, because no, normally when they give us this, this is like the first three, four months. Yeah. And then like they give us an arc of like, I'm going to take this seriously. Da, 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 da. So he's going to see Dr. Now and he wants to skip it, but he thinks Dr. Now is going to get mad at him. I, that's not the reason. I think he wants to ask Dr. Now for drugs. And mm-hmm. then he, so he's going to go and he says, I think everything's going to be fine. You know, I've been working hard <laughs> and <laughs> somehow he gained 21 pounds yeah 
And he says he doesn't know how that happened, even though he just saw you. (laughs) With the Coke bottles. Yeah. Like, Stephen, we all know how it happened. And so when Dr. Now comes in, Stephen tries to smooth talk him, but Dr. Now isn't having it. And Stephen is lying about his diet, saying that he needs Oxy because he needs to, he'd like to, listen, Dr. Now, I'd like to be more active, but I need some pain medicine to do it. Yeah. That so, was a good one. That I will hand it to him. That I want to work out twice a day. So twice I at least a he, day. Yeah, and I think he asked for like Percocet or something, like a step lower than yeah. you know an opioid. But he, yeah, he says I want to work out twice a day. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And I just was like, no one believes you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I just can't, he said it with a straight fucking. I know face. it's almost adorable. Yeah. <laughs> More like a child doesn't know it's um, that almost, you know, small children, they lie to you sometimes when they're like, it wasn't me. And, it's, yeah. and they've got all that shit all over them. You're like, well, why is it all on you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, he so Dr. Now's like, come here. I want to show you something. <laughs> yes. Dr. Now is a printout. And I want to understand this. He says Texas has a registry. I believe that they have a lot of sh- fucking registries here for different things. Yeah. But why is it just now that we're seeing this? Because we're 11, 10 months into this bullshit. I don't know. We have that here too, where those drugs are a controlled substance. It's a, it's yeah. something like you have to get like a paper prescription thing for, like you can't even do it electronically. And um, yeah, it's all monitored by the state. Yeah. And it's to keep doctors from like being drug dealers. That's what yes, it is. And- Yes. And by the way, there is a new documentary about all of that on HBO called the crime of the century. And it's pretty oh, good. So I saw the, like, I saw like the little tile for that and thought about it. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Now shows the printout. He says he got 39 prescriptions from 17 doctors in the month. Is that what, what am I to understand? Yeah. Yeah, because one he, month? He, his, yeah. Because his strategy is he goes to different hospitals. He, you know, he sees different doctors and stuff. So they I don't, don't know his history. Yeah. I, I mean, you can tell them whatever history you fucking want. And, but-, but no, but if you're a doctor, if you're like an ER doctor or something, and you've never seen this person before in your life, and Stephen John Asante shows up in your ER, With that leg. screaming that his leg hurts, and you look at that leg and you're like, oh man, his leg does, yeah. You're probably going to give him something. I don't understand why Medicaid doesn't notice. That's a good question. Yeah. And I don't understand why they didn't like, again, be like, you can't have this. <laughs> You're like, we're not going to pay for seven, 39 prescriptions. And then he reads out how much pills he had each. Like one of those pills were over a thousand that mm-hmm. month. Something like that. Oh my God. It, it, these numbers are astronomical. Yeah. And I understand that like, he's much bigger, right? So certain things. Right. He needs more. Uh, yeah milligrams yeah higher dosage yeah i don't know anyway so dr now is telling me he can't get these pills anymore because he's gonna put it in the data bank and i'm like why did you put it in the data bank when he was on his way to rehab <laughs> why did you do it then <laughs> i don't know i don't know, <sighs> I, don't know. I, I misunderstood this all right so now steven says you know what i'm uncomfortable and i want to leave <laughs> <laughs> And Dr. Now's like, okay, well, let's go down the hall. And Stephen's like, oh, you're going to make me walk down the hall. Still no shoes. Still and no shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I find it 
interesting that they allow him to walk around in these places with no shoes because I'd I know. be very worried about they don't even give him like slippers or something Maybe like a some kind him. of medical scrub thing that you just like, like those little booties things yes yeah and some of these uh episodes like that don't have shoes like they have like these thermal socks that they'll put on them that kind of like protect their feet again like that's a easy way for you to like get a fucking infection ripping the shit on your feet yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, he takes him down there to look in a mirror. Yeah. Stephen hates it. He says what he sees is a failure and he doesn't want to look. And Doctor Now reads him. He says, Look at your stomach hanging down. Mm. It wasn't <laughs> hanging like that when you got here. He says his legs like elephant legs. Yeah. He says he doesn't look human and he did mm. it to himself. Mm. This was so fuck i mean it's true but i was like oh my god dr now stop (laughs) that that's how i think you know dr now has hit like this is his he's bringing out the big guns like this is his ultimate intervention for for someone i think and you're right i mean his dad said this too steven never looks in a mirror yeah he doesn't see himself ever so i guess it worked because next time we see steven he's throwing away soda (laughs) (laughs) He's cleaning up. He's throwing away bad food. He says he doesn't want that person in the mirror to be him. And he also says he doesn't know, he didn't realize he was taking that many pills, which I believe him. Mm-hmm. Uh, possible. He, yeah. he wasn't adding them. Like, he just feel like I'm getting another prescription and to take as many as he could. Yeah. Um, and we get a close-up of some pill bottles and some cat shit on the floor. It, that place is terrible still. Um, and this is when he's outside exercising with no shoes on, in the rain, <laughs> on a Ugh. Um, so we get our final scene with, well, not our final, but our final scene with just, Justin and Dr. Now. And somehow someone's convinced Justin to Skype Dr. Now. And because Justin says he wants the surgery. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Now is like, okay, well, then you have to start a weight loss program. And how much do you weigh? And Justin's like, I don't do scales. And <laughs> Doctor now, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> we do need to know how much you weigh to get a starting weight, and if you want, you can start on this program. By the way, do you know what Doctor Now's diet is? I tried to like search it, but I, I mean, it was so much spam. I don't. I think it is just like all proteins and no carbs or sugar. I think is the thing, but I don't know. Ugh, couldn't be me. All right, so he says you got to lose thirty pounds a month, and you got to get a scale. And Justin says, okay. And that's, I, that's the last time Justin talks to Dr. Now in this. Mm-hmm. So eventually Steven, so Steven's been working out. He's, he threw out the soda. He had so much soda, yeah. so much. So um, he, when he gets back to Dr. Now, he's lost 73 pounds and he was so happy. And so was I. And <laughs> I just was like, oh, thank God. Um, and he, like, it just felt like he was trying. And Dr. Ma- now smiled that Muppet smile of his and said he was proud of him. Yeah. And Steven said it's the first time Dr. Now's ever smiled at him. Yeah. <laughs> ever smiled and ever in his whole life, probably. Gosh. Yeah. And so my TV cut off at this point. It's the point where he's telling him, he's not approving him for the surgery, but he's saying uh, lose another 40 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Over the next he- month. And then... It cuts off right when he's like, the thing that's been bothering me the most is my relationship with my brother. And I'm yes. like, 
what is that? What happened? Okay. <laughs> okay. So he says that, and then he calls his brother and he basically tries to have like a semi-normal conversation with him. And it's mm. just like, oh, so I hear you want the surgery too. And like, you know, you're getting on board and, um, you know, tries to, It really does seem like an act. It did to me. It just seemed like he knows yeah. he has nobody now. And like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think this was a sign of psychological health for, for Steven, but I think the reality set in that, like, that's, that's who he's got. Um, mm. And so he calls him and, and wants to just like, try to have some kind of uh, relationship with him. And, and, and Justin was decent to him. He wasn't, he wasn't screaming at him and he wasn't yelling at him and he wasn't um, upset. They just kind of had like a normal detached conversation and that was it all right well i mean <laughs> i guess I, I they're gonna do next week i'm gonna do the update right because there's one more episode the two of them but i anticipate that to be half flashbacks like they normally do to us yeah. um so that's probably gonna be a short episode like um i'm really happy that i rewatched that i like apparently watched the whole thing because again I didn't remember some of this shit. Yeah. I like I feel like they found first of all, like I said, they went to get him, but I feel like they found Steven and they were like Jack motherfucking pot. Like yes. <laughs> there's just so much going on. And they probably told him don't wear shoes. Like this is perfect. You know? Oh yeah. And you know don't put anything on your feet. They always like filmed them on the bed like wearing like like I said, people would put, like, they would cover those legs. They would do, but I know production's like, no, just wear some shorts and, like, we need to do close-ups on all, every vulnerable part of your body mm-hmm. and make sure that we get that on camera. Hmm. I, uh, I, you know, I don't think anybody goes on my 600-pound life and, like, unless they really are desperate. I just don't think, I just don't think so. Because you, I think the price is too high. Absolutely. Yeah. It's too embarrassing. It's, there's too much. Yeah. You have to be really desperate. Yeah. Okay. So now that I brought the whole room down, do you want to make sure, tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, sure. Well, um, let's see, as always, um, you can, you can find me, you can find my podcast. How about no, that I host with Mona Jones, where we talk about, kind of the place where pop culture and psychology collide. Um, And I have a new podcast that I really need your help with, actually. Not your help, but your listeners' help. Uh Um, My new podcast is called If You Have to Ask. It's an advice podcast. You're getting advice from a therapist. And I would love it if you have a question you want to submit to me, I will answer it. And I need, I need people to submit questions i want to submit a question so that i don't have to make them up it's weird (laughs) well okay if you if you submit a question i will keep it anonymous Mm -hmm. um you can find me on instagram if you have to ask pod and you can submit a question there um through dm there's also a link in bio there that will take you to my anchor page where I record the podcast and there's a way to submit a message through the anchor page. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're welcome to submit a question to me either way. And I would just love that. And then you can also follow me. My professional therapist Instagram handle is pink Freud 206. And I would love to see you over there as well. 
Yeah, like I've been listening. You've only got two episodes out. So I listened to both of them and I felt like you were really good. I felt like you, first of all, you had a very calming presence. Thank you. None of this manic energy shit. And I just felt (laughs) like I I thought you gave good advice and you had some good book recommendations. I bought all the books (laughs) and I'm reading them because I was like, oh yeah, I need to know about that. I need this. And so I just like, I recommend people listening to it. I recommend like, that's where like send your questions over there because Rachel is just like a really calm person. And I feel like she's super professional and no listening to that podcast is not therapy, but it is. It's not, but you know what it is? It's common sense with a little bit of a deeper education than most people have in, um, in relating in psychology and, um, you explain why a lot, which I really appreciate because like, you know, sometimes like we all know what we should do, but when you like kind of break it down, you're explaining why and you're explaining like how, when we're not doing this thing, this makes this happen. I'm like, yeah, that's true too. And it was, I, I just really, really enjoyed it. And I would tell all of you guys to go listen to it. Go submit a question. And I, Rachel, I just really appreciate you coming and talk to me for like fucking two hours about Steven. Uh, It was the best night of my week. (laughs) All right. Don't tell your husband that because he's there all the time and he's going to be like, wait a fucking second. No, he doesn't care. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good night. You too.